It plays our lullaby. You can play it at night before you go to sleep and pretend that it's me singing. On the wind, cross the sea, hear this song and remember. Soon you'll be home with me, once upon a December. Oh, cool. We were hey. recording. Yeah, we were. Oh, we were. <laughs> oh wow. Oh. All right, take two, take two. Take two, take two, <laughs> take three. December. December. Yay. <laughs> Welcome to the Bluth. The whole Bluth. And, and nothing, nothing but, but the Bluth. I am excited. And Can I'm Sarah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You're, you're Dax. I'm Sarah. We never say that. Doesn't we never matter. say it. If you're listening to us at this many episodes in uh, as your first one, yeah. then strange choice. But welcome. Yeah, but people love this movie. So you never You know. might be. You might mm-hmm. be. Yeah. We, this has been a long road. This podcast has just been yeah. a long road. Uh, journey to the past, some to, might journey say. Journey to the blues. <laughs> that doesn't make, that's not, well, whatever. Anyway, yes, if you haven't listened to us before, what's wrong? No, just what's kidding. Wrong? What's, what's wrong, wrong with, with you? you? Uh, no, what's no. What's wrong with We've you? We've been going in order through all of Don Bluth's filmography and other non-Bluth related things. Uh, but today is a Bluth. It's not a non-Bluth. That's true. It's a Bluth. This is Anastasia. <sighs> Should we the, introduce our guest the before historical... we forget to? <laughs> oh, I, was, I wasn't done with my bit. Anastasia, the the perfect choice for a lighthearted <laughs> musical romp. Animated musical romp. <laughs> children's film. <laughs> but yes, we should introduce our guest. You who know him. Is, you know him. You've heard him. Chris Bermonti. Hello. Hello. You're Thank back. you, Dax. Thank you, Sarah. I'm back. Here yeah. we go. Love it. Wait, were you on our We're Back episode? No, no. no. no I was Steve. on Rockadoodle. Uh-huh, I was on uh-huh. Disney Days. You are on Disney Days where Matt. we talked about Robin Sword, Hood. And, uh, Sword in the Stone. Sword in the Stone. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, films films where the ups outnumber the downs, yes, some might indeed. say. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Um, before we that's get that's started... Oh, cool. I was busy thinking about the things we have to tell people. That's fine. Uh, We have a little bit of business to get out of the way before we talk about Anastasia. Uh, And the first thing is that, hey, this podcast is going to be ending in like, I don't know how many months because I forget how many episodes are left. But it's coming up. If you know Don Bluth's filmography, you'll know that we're reaching, you know. We're reaching the end. The end Mm -hmm. of what is currently Yes. Available. So, and we're going to do kind of a post film episode as well of some of the stuff he did after doing uh, the features. And then uh, we would like to end it with an episode collecting uh, stories from everyone. That could be if you're a listener, uh, if you're a friend of the pod, anybody 
just to kind of call in and leave us some stories. And we'd love to put them all together into kind of a, a final episode at the end of this road. Yeah. Uh, so call have, in. Yeah. 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 I've got some more thoughts on Rockadoodle. <laughs> you got some yeah. more thoughts. Yeah, it could be, <laughs> please, that or Or, or ones any. that didn't go on. Episodes right. I wasn't on that I'm like, exactly. you know what? I, all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> it's is, a full Chris I episode. I question whether or not all dogs do go to heaven, you know? Like, we all have a whole episode that's just Chris's thoughts on every film. Yeah. Uh, just call in. <laughs> Um, Every we, day you have a new thought about yeah. another. It's all dogs go to heaven and goats go to hell. Go to <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It's probably true, though. But we have a, we're have we setting up a Google voice. Well, we set it up, supposedly. We set it up. <laughs> Look, if this is wrong, we're going to cut this and like redo if the Google is, voice thing. If this is wrong, you'll hear me interject here with yeah. a new number. Turns out we did it wrong. Okay, but our number is, so write this down. Do you all have your pens ready <laughs> and your, your paper? Okay. It's... <laughs> Three two three because we're in LA. Um, three eight zero eight one zero three. Yeah, it's a cool catchy number, right? One more time, Sarah. Three two three three eight zero eight one zero three. Yeah, right. It like rolls off the tongue. I like it. So this is our number. We wanted to try and get. The, I wanted to try and get the numbers to spell Bluth somewhere. Yeah, but that seemed like a, a far-reaching thing well, for the randomization yeah. of Google Voice. Well, and it gave us a whole list of possible numbers, and I wanted to, if I'd had time, I wanted to go through and see if any of them spelled anything, like Pebble or, you know, or or Gold, Gary Gold, like, I don't know, or what else? <laughs> Some secret NIM. NIM, like, yeah. <laughs> 1-800-NIM-RAT. <laughs> 1-800-NIM-RAT. <laughs> are 1-800s gettable still? I don't know. I think so. I think you have to get 1-800-1 now. Okay. No, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. The 1-800s <laughs> are almost banned. But but anyway, so yeah, we supposedly, and this will, it does right now ring through to my phone, but I don't answer my phone anyway, so it should be okay. Just leave us a voicemail. I don't know how any of this works. Look, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. What else do we have we that have we wanted to go through? some new iTunes reviews. Oh my God. Because we promised that we would read them. So we have two new ones and I'm going to read one and you can read the other one. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm just looking for it in my phone. Okay. I took a picture of my computer screen because <laughs> we don't have iPhones. I'm just okay. going to give you some music <laughs> until we, uh, no, I found it. Oh, you found it's it. Oh, okay. So this review says so much fun. And the person who left the review is ouch 84. <laughs> a bunch of U's. I, love, I love these usernames <laughs> oh my god and ouch 84 says I love listening to you and your guests talk about some of my favorite movies from my childhood the only downside for me is that I am not able to join you as a guest because I love to talk about animated movies oh well now's well, your good lucky news. day because we have news. a phone number that may or may not so work we're trying to and we've I mean we've had a couple messages from people who wanted to mm -hmm. like talk about stuff and and yeah unfortunately like we like doing these in person and yeah. and also we kind of have just planned out the rest of them mm -hmm. but yes please call mm -hmm. that number that we mentioned earlier yeah you can just <laughs> cut where i said it and put it no in. i'm not doing that okay. <laughs> <laughs> and just call that number yeah <laughs> <laughs> just use that 30 second back button a few times if a confused if person <laughs> answers the phone and says who is this it's because i forgot that i don't answer calls i don't know so you might get you might be the lucky <laughs> you might, one you might talk to me in person um okay and then do you want to read this one it's the one at the very top yeah there. of course i want to read it that's why we screen capped <laughs> it so that we could read it <laughs> best podcast for long runs and this is by 
Samriao17. Um, I'm training for a half marathon and I had to run 11 miles in the snow. A first for me. Luckily, the Balto episode was out. The only thing that kept me from... Uh, the only thing that kept me going was thinking, if Balto can do this, so can I. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. This our, the non-bluth for Balto was a lot of fun. I really yeah. like talking it's, about that movie. I mean, movie. it's a good movie. Um, um, oh, that's so, so sweet. Thank you so much. These are these are always so lovely. Um, and, yeah. uh, Keep and, leaving them because we'll read some more on probably our next bluth episode. Yeah. Uh, we, I think we forgot <laughs> the yeah, last couple. Yeah, but, you know, we make up for it eventually. Hey, future Dax and uh, future okay, so Sarah. Actually, let's do. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so future Dax and future Sarah here. Uh, we said last episode we were going to read some of our emails, and guess what? We forgot to do it this episode. Shocking. We said it for the last two episodes <laughs> that you have heard. Uh, so anyway, we just want to make sure we read a couple of them. Uh, so Sarah, future Sarah, why don't oh, you read yeah. uh, our first one here? Okay, I'm the ghost of future Sarah here, uh, reading Dylan's email, sent in December, look, you know what, we get to things eventually, it's fine. Uh, thank you for emailing <laughs> us, Dylan, in December. Um, subject line, love the podcast. Dylan says, hey guys, first off, love the podcast. I found your podcast on Spotify a few months ago after being nostalgic and looking for an old Bluth soundtrack. I'm looking forward to your Titan AE episode. Ooh, as are we, I think. Yay! Um, Yes. (laughs) In the meantime, I wanted to suggest a possible film for one of your non-Bluth episodes, The Thief and the Cobbler. It's honestly one of the most interesting animated films ever created, both on and behind the scenes. Whether it's the rushed direct-to-VHS version or the unfinished but vastly superior director's version, which you can find on YouTube, I think this 30 years in the making animated film would be great for your listeners. I know that I'd love your take on it. I wish you all the best, Dylan. Thank you, Dylan. Yes, well, thank you very much, Dylan. A few thoughts on Thief and the Cobbler. Uh, the director's version you're talking about is kind of, um, I assume you're talking about the the recobbled cut, which is the <laughs> Garrett Gilchrist fan edit, which tried to reassemble it as best as he could to what Richard Williams' vision of it was. And he, he tried to restore it using all of the highest quality sources he could find on, on DVD and then like from... Uh, I think like an actual scan of a film copy of it too. And and also he tried to obtain lost footage from other animators and, and it's actually a really interesting effort and it is very sad. And of course, uh, Richard Williams passed away just last year and it, you know, it was a film that he spent a good many years trying to make and, and what he did finish of it is incredibly beautiful. Um, I don't know if we'll ever do it for a non-Bluth, uh, just because uh, it. Uh, I don't know if you could contain me. I don't know. <laughs> if you guys like our four-hour episodes, wait till we watch Thief and the Cobbler. <laughs> it would, it would easily be a four-hour episode. Also, I'm just kind of not sure what I would even pair it with amongst all of the Bluth stuff that well, we're doing. Yeah. But I know you've mentioned this film before. I have never seen it, but I think you've showed me like clips of it and things. But um, it's also like. You know, there's no finished official version either. So, I mean, it's not that we couldn't watch it, but I mean, I have, I do have copies of the, of the. Yeah, it would be like we'd have to tell people to try and find a, a <laughs> alternate cuts of this movie. Um, but go out and find it for yourself. I think there are the recobbled cuts are online. Um, so go check that out if you can. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know if we'll ever do a full non-bluth on it. <laughs> you could do a whole. You could do a whole other podcast, the thief and the podler. And, <laughs> right. That doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> uh, I'm gonna read this other email that we have here, which is do 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 from Ryan Wright with the subject "I love your podcast." Well, thank you, Ryan. And it says, "Hi, I'm an actor in NYC who loves animated movies, and I love that I stumbled upon your podcast. Aww. Well, we love that you did too. Um, you have great voices for radio, Aww. and I love listening. And I love listening to you talk about some of my favorite childhood films. Thank you so much. We really Aww. that's very flattering. I, I have a great face uh, for radio too. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> uh, uh, radio killed the podcast star. No, I think, uh, like ra- uh, podcast, podcast killed the radio star. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You could actually, it's you true. could, you could make an argument there. Um, let me be a guest when you do Anastasia. Ah, oh, no. well, <laughs> you, you see there. No, we already, we already had this planned out ahead of time and everything. But, um, but uh, I believe in this episode we mentioned a way that people can call in yes. and leave their thoughts and and such for a finale episode down the line. So if you call that number, you can tell us whatever you would like to about Anastasia and we'll be compiling everything into a lovely appreciation of Bluth films towards the end of everything. So, um, but thank you so much for, for emailing us. And we recorded a really cute voicemail for when you call in, there's a really cute voicemail that we recorded being like, Hey everybody. I don't know. I don't remember what we said, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) And uh, we'll we'll read a couple more of these on the I think on like the next non bluth that we do. So uh, anyway, back to Anastasia. I have no idea where we were in conversation because uh, I haven't edited yet. Woo! Edited it yet? Woo! Uh, all right, bye. <laughs> but with all that out of the way, we are talking about. Oh, do you want to do that now? <laughs> we have. Look, no, we have to, <laughs> Should we do that? Like, I think we'll lead up that. to it. We're gonna lead up to that. Let's get so excited <laughs> about Anastasia so that confused. you should let the listeners okay. know. We're gonna the... let. Now it's a mystery. Yeah, it's a you surprise. Have to say, a activity. And you'll never guess what it's very fun. <laughs> the funnest card in history. <laughs> These cards for Anastasia. Well, you anyway. told them what it is. No, no. Shh. <laughs> they don't know. Clue. Who knows? It's a clue. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, there's going to be a lot of singing on this episode. Oh, not for God. me, but. <laughs> Get in. Mm-hmm. Princess Anastasia. How do you sing that part? Anyway, what just uh, fell? I don't know. Is it this notebook? Oh, it was my notebook that fell. <laughs> we. It's dead. Turns out dead. Oh. <laughs> Turns out she's dead. Uh, Turns out funny. no. Why did dead. I laugh yeah, so hard? Uh, no, dead. no. It's like okay. it's one of. The, I've been laughing a lot. It's the at irony like, of uh, yeah. You know, I've been laughing at like really unfunny mm-hmm. things lately because it's just like you have to. Just the absurdity. It's yeah. just like this. It's almost. I think a. It, it's it's a it's a cross into just a moment of madness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like yes. the world is so right now dark or and horrible just in general. Everything, yeah. That yeah, that sometimes the laughter at something grim is just like the sheer madness. Oh, of I all. I think that laughter is very close to crying. Yeah, and it's because oh, yeah. yeah. you ever you ever hear people crying where it's like it sounds kind of like they're laughing. I think they're yeah. just two sides of a mm-hmm. catharsis. Or like when you cry, you laugh so hard you cry. Or yeah. that emoji, that's someone laughing with tears. 
Exactly. Totally. That what what better representation of the angst and ennui of humankind <laughs> than the, the <laughs> laughing crying emoji? Uh, oh my god! But anyway, Anastasia, we're t- talking Wait. about Anastasia. Although the Tsar did not survive, one daughter may be still alive. The Princess Anastasia. But please do not repeat. It's a I want to know when you guys saw this. Did we all see it as kids? Theaters, like when it came yeah. Out? I, I can't remember if I saw yes. it in the theater, but I know mm. I saw it many times as a kid. I'm pretty certain I saw it in theaters. Mm. I mean, well, because this is one of the later ones. This was 97? Yeah. 97, yeah. So definitely, I feel like uh, this would have been one where, yeah, like because almost the early Bluth stuff was more in the realm of... Uh, it. I had been too young to see. Right, we saw them like I. I would have seen those on VHS, VHS. and my memories of them were always kind of like hazy. Yeah, this is a little besides Rockadoodle, which was the only one I I rewatched a lot. Ironically, our memory of this movie is clearer. (laughs) Right, we were like ten. Probably (laughs) we were ten. Saw it in theaters, and then the VHS came out, so it was also reinforced at a time when we were just more cognizant. And it it's so interesting because when you're a kid, you kind of don't necessarily have a like if you were a fan of Don Bluth movies at least for me I didn't have a strong chronology of what yeah. movies went where or which ones came totally. out totally and I did not know this was Don Bluth I didn't know that Don yeah. Bluth was a thing until probably college I, I knew it was not Disney which is yeah like, totally. but but a lot of people didn't like a lot of people were like oh my favorite Disney movies Anastasia a lot of people still think this one is yeah. and technically now it's owned by it's, but it's owned, owned by yeah. Disney. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's but it's not. But it wasn't <laughs> yeah. made. It was yeah. Fox. But it I mean, was Fox's first animated film. This was to be the beginning of their their big animated uh, push push. So which ended with Titan AE. But yeah, it's a very short. It's like <laughs> it's like a two and a yeah. half movie if we count Bar Talk. Right. Um, like this. Is that it? Just those were the only Fox animated yeah. films. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, one I of have, us can look that yeah, up. Yeah, I have uh, it. I have it somewhere on TV. On the one tab. might say that they have animation domination. Oh, it's true. <laughs> it, it's very true. Um, I was trying to make an ADHD joke. I can't. Was that the name of the show they did? ADHD. Uh, whatever. It's not important. What is important is Anastasia. Anastasia. And uh, I remember seeing this in a theater pretty clearly, mm-hmm. and it being a really. I mean, it's an epic film. This is actually one of the. Only animated films I can think of that's in Cinemascope. Mm-hmm. Like it's in 235, which is anamorphic mm-hmm. widescreen. Yeah. And the only other ones that immediately come to mind are Sleeping Beauty and Lady in the Tramp. Okay. Lady in the Tramp, I think, ha- is also in Cinemascope. But like the reason they don't usually do it is that it's really expensive. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's not a. Um, what does that mean exactly to someone who's not like myself, who doesn't necessarily. Uh, it's almost like okay if you're doing four three you're doing kind of like a square mm-hmm. like your typical like 90s television set yeah. if you're doing cinemascope you're doing it much wide you're almost doing it twice the width and it's not 16 no it's not it's no, even, it's even thinner like um, it's even thinner yeah it's more like a cinematic more landscape spread. which yeah. it works well for this because there's so much cool like stuff is like, dr Zhivago in two three five i almost feel like it might be Oh, it, it, you ever seen Doctor Zhivago? Uh-uh. It's a, a Russian epic story, oh. which I have a feeling they. 
I actually no, I know they that they looked at it because Don Bluth mentions it in the commentary. Um, mm. But it's like I, that's a it's like an over three hour movie, oh, man. Um, Russian love story that takes place around kind of the similar era, um, and is. I, I'm not even going to try to... Is it post the, the revolution or before? I think it's, I think it's like during... Is this like the Bartok era? Is the Bartok or, era? <laughs> or the post-Anastasia? But it's been a long time since I've seen Dr. Zhivago, but it, it I think it might be one of... Though they were, they were going for that feeling of an epic Russian story, and so I think the part of the reason they chose the super widescreen was just to help with that. But to explain the reason that animators don't usually do this aspect ratio is because you just have to draw a lot more. Right. Yeah. There's just more. <laughs> it's to, like the backgrounds have to mm, be wider. Yeah. And, and Don Bluth mentioned in the commentary that one of the issues with it is also that it's harder to be super intimate mm -hmm. with a character because as you get close to them, there's still a lot of left and right space to the screen. So right. one of their tricks throughout this movie was using lighting, was trying to mm -hmm. like light certain parts of people's faces and darken other parts of frames so that you would always pay attention to the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, does that help explain Absolutely. a little bit? Absolutely. So, uh, I, I thought that was great, like a great choice for them to do that because it does make it seem so epic and the palaces are mm -hmm. like, it's so when cool. It's coming looking. into the clouds yeah. and there's the little, yeah. And one of the mm -hmm. themes... Petersburg architecture. One of the themes yeah. they were going for, he said specifically, was a little girl in a big world kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And oh, so yeah. like there's lots of shots where you'll see her, this tiny person amongst this grand scenery and the backgrounds the oh. backgrounds in this movie yeah. are gorgeous yeah. this movie just They're looks amazing beautiful it's 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 a triumph yeah i think it's a triumph i think it's the best thing he ever an arc made de triumph? It's an arc de triumph <laughs> is that show, does that show up i can't remember in uh, the paris in the paris yeah. i can't remember paris holds uh, the key to your heart um no it is it is a triumph and like uh, and and what a comeback too from just like because we no like let's let's yeah. be real about it they went through from from all dogs they then did rockadoodle thumbelina and uh pebble and the penguin and pebble and the penguin or troll you skipped troll oh whoops uh thumbelina <laughs> troll and then pebble and the penguin and oh god i forgot about that it was just so clear that they had so many issues making a more coherent film through yeah. that era yeah and then Anastasia's like, bam! Like we have this is a movie on all fronts. Yeah, it it is a musical. You were even saying before we recorded that this is like possibly one of the better princess musical movies ever made. No doubt. Yeah, no it, doubt. And it, Dimitri is because also those movies, you know, the Disney princess movies are obviously classic in their own way. But the male counterpart and those around her are typically so lifeless mm -hmm. that, as I think back on it, kind of only Frozen and Tangled really start to include the male characters, any kind of a positive figure. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Anastasia and Demi and we can talk about, you know, later, whenever Anastasia and Dimitri's romance and whether that functions or not. But Dimitri is likable. Mm -hmm. And he's and he's, and he's a rogue, you know, he's kind of a bastard at first. Yeah. And then she's but also he's at his core because you see it in his youth, a uh, a pretty noble person. Well, yeah. he almost has the arc mm -hmm. in, a, in a way. He's the one who changes like what he's going for yeah. through the movie. Yeah. And Anastasia definitely has 
like a journey mm-hmm. to the to past. The past. <laughs> um, we have to do that. Every thank time. you. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, but, but he's the one um, that, that does actually shift Sign- almost more significantly. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to like focus immediately be like, oh, because the reason it's the best princess movie is, is the, the boy dude. character. <laughs> <laughs> no, but right. he's a character. He's, he's a very much a character in this mm-hmm. and you, you understand a lot of the movie kind of through his eyes in a way. Now, let me ask you uh, something, Anya, was it? There's a last name that goes with that? Well, actually, uh, this is going to sound crazy. I don't know my last name. I was found... Wandering around when I was eight years old. And uh, before that, before you were eight? Look, uh, look, I know it's strange, but I don't remember. I have very few memories of my past. Hmm, that's, that's perfect. Well, I do have one clue, however, and that is Paris. And she is the characterization, the voice acting of She's Meg, Meg Ryan. Ryan. Meg Ryan, yeah. the, the queen I, of rom-coms? L- yes. Or the princess of rom-coms? I, I'm a big, like, I don't know if I mentioned this before, I'm a big fan of <laughs> 90s Meg Ryan, romantic yes. comedy. Who's been in such movies as When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless got, in Seattle, You've Got, you've got Mail. mail. <laughs> yeah, You've Got Mail is like City of Angels. You've Got Mail is so no. good. What was, uh, who was in City of Angels? Oh, I don't remember who was in City of she maybe she was in that. I, <laughs> I want to check that. Yeah. But, who else was in that? But um, <laughs> did you know, and you probably know because they actually mention it in the making of as mm-hmm. well, is that they took like they were trying to convince her to be in this. Mm-hmm. And so they took oh, yeah. her lines yeah. from like Sleepless in Seattle and then they animated to it and showed it to her. And I like wish that I could have I Did you see it? No. It There's wasn't, a clip of it. Yeah, well, but they don't have the audio with it's yeah. like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that clip. I th- it must Why have been, isn't that a bonus feature know, on here? I know. I like searched for it online too and I couldn't oh, find it. Maybe but. they didn't have the sleepless oh, in Seattle. The audio rights. That makes sense. But Wait, yeah, mm-hmm. she um, mm-hmm. and it, she kind of looks like Sleeping Beauty in that test because mm-hmm. it's like when she's young, Anya has the long hair, but yeah. when she's older, she has the shorter hair. Uh-huh. But when she's like the combination of like her outfit and the longer hair and the like older Meg Ryan animation test, uh, it's got kind of a looks like Aurora yeah. in the woods. Yeah, she's in City of Angels. Oh, okay. With well, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I was Nick wondering. Cage. I was picturing Nicolas Cage. Mm. I was like, that doesn't sound right. So, <laughs> well, anyway. I'm glad he got mentioned somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen City of Angels, but maybe I should. Now you uh, guys have to look forward to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like listening to her, it's like she sounds so much like her character and you've mm-hmm. got male, just like, you know, this strong woman who's just, you know, <laughs> my favorite, business owner. My mm-hmm. favorite line from her was when they're on the train and she's like, you really think I'm a princess? I was like, of course I do. Then start treating <laughs> me like one. And she like, she, the way she contorts her voice is just yeah. very charming and, and fun. Like yeah. it's, I, I agree. Her, her, her performance throughout this is really, yeah, is endearing in every way. Mm-hmm. Stop fiddling with that thing. Sit up straight. Remember, you're a grand duchess. How is it that you know what grand duchesses do or don't do? I make it my business to know. Oh. Look, Anya, I'm just trying to help, all right? Dimitri, mm-hmm. do you really think I'm royalty? You know I do. Then stop bossing <sighs> me around. I also, I did watch 
a thing I want to bring it up now before I forget. Wait, Saber Spark is somebody who Oh, I brought sent, him up before. Yeah, he uh, he has a video so, a uh, called What Ruined Fox Animation Studios. Oh. <laughs> it's about I watched um Whoa. I watched half of it. I mean, it's not that long. I just watched the part that was relevant to Anastasia, but Was it informative? Know, that's Yeah, it was great. It was great. So there's a lot a of series good series that he's done on a lot mm-hmm. of but he did one on What Ruined Don Bluth Animation specifically. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so then this is the next one, What Ruined That's Fox that's the follow-up of that so. probably. And was it Bartok the Magnificent? Oh, well, no, it was oh. Titan AE. Oh, Titan AE right, right, is the last one. Yeah. Which is weird that Bartok comes between. Yeah. We're going to talk about Bartok on the next episode, mm-hmm. but. It'll it, come up today when relevant. It, when yeah. relevant, we'll mention Bartok. But but yeah, like it's strange that that comes between Anastasia and Titan AE. Yeah. Yeah. Here are the productions that Fox Animation Studios did just on Wikipedia. So Adventures from the Book of Virtues, co-produced with Porchlight Entertainment. I don't know what this was. Anastasia, Prince of Egypt, additional fine line animation. Oh, okay. Martok the Magnificent and Titan AE. But Prince of Egypt was DreamWorks. Yeah, but it looks like they did something on it. Oh, they worked on it. Additional fine line animation. Final final line. Final line. Oh, final line. Yeah, so it's probably like working on cleanup Uh is what I would assume that is. But anyway. I mean, that's kind of weird that they would Mm. like give that to a whole other studio. That's not uncommon for animation houses, Mm. though, to do that. I mean, like especially especially in like japan that's a common thing where it's like a lot of mm-hmm. different studios will oh yeah work subcontract on a bit of work interesting um, interesting yeah. so okay. prince of egypt is also so great yeah, i've never seen that one it is so great it's it's exodus hmm. it's exodus the musical and huh. my favorite biblical story is no I mean, it's a torah story but is Exodus. And I remember in like Sunday school and I'm not trying to like get religious because I'm not religious in that but way anymore. But still, <laughs> the as stories a kid, are good though. the story of Exodus yeah. was like the epic one because yeah. Moses was this like wizard who like took, like brought frogs from the sky. And, yeah. Um, just like that movie Magnolia. <laughs> just like, right? <laughs> yeah. Moses you was and the your man. rom-coms. No way. Val Kilmer voices. <laughs> <laughs> I was like calling this a rom com. I guess it it's got a, it's got some rom com yeah. elements. Yeah. And oh my god, uh, Vlad's short little song as they're dancing. The oh yeah, yeah. Which is the reprise of it, it's tech, it's called on the soundtrack a reprise of the uh, you can do it to do it. And there, it's cute because he it's called uh, it's called the waltz reprise. Mm-hmm. And I I mentioned when we were watching it, I thought it was cute that he says it's one two three. Which is a reference to the time signature because it's a waltz. Yeah. And they're dancing. One, two, three. Yeah. They're dancing suddenly, the waltz. Yeah. Because yeah. he's teaching mm-hmm. her to dance. Yeah. It's one, two, three. And suddenly I see it at a glance. She's radiant and confident and born to take this chance. I taught her well. I planned it all. I just forgot romance. Vlad, how could you do this? How will we get through this? I never should have let them dance. So I th- it's cute. I shouldn't have it's let so them cute. dance. Oh my god. Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> 
Yeah. Singing in this movie really well. The only well, actor, I think, who also did his own singing voice. Well, you know, if only you ever, main one. If you've ever watched Frasier, you well, know. Angela Lansbury, can... too. Of course, Angela Lansbury, yeah. excuse me. But Frasier. Yeah, no. Salad and scrambled eggs. Yeah, That's not can... him singing, right? Yeah, it <laughs> is. Is yeah, it yeah. him? Yeah. Of I he, never knew that. He okay. sings a bunch in Frasier. And Sideshow Bob. Doesn't Sideshow Bob all sing? All the time. Uh, yeah. All the time. I was wondering if you could sing the entire score of the HMS Pinafore. Very well, Bart. I shall send you to heaven before I send you to hell. And a two and a three and we sail the ocean blue and our saucy ships of beauty. We are sober men and true and attentive to our duty. So I knew he could sing. Like soon, Bart, you'll be Napoleon. Didn't and and, and the characters, you know, we'll talk about Bartok next episode. <laughs> but the Zozy voice that Kel- the the bear friend of Bartok yeah, that Kelsey yeah. Grammer does, it's a sideshow Bob kind of voice because he's an actor. <laughs> that's As true. That's true. Bob. Yeah, he's weirdly a returning voice mm. in the prequel to yeah. this as a completely different character. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, Kelsey Grammer went to Juilliard, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, he, yeah, he went to Juilliard. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Do you want to know something sad? Yeah. Um, I, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sadder than the Romanovs being murdered? Anyway, uh, well, it's like just as sad. Um, Grammer attended Pinecrest School, a private preparatory school in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Oh my God. I won't read this whole thing. Cause it's like, basically his sister was murdered. Oh Jesus. Um, yeah. He won a scholarship to Juilliard school due That's to his so sister's tragic. murder. He failed to attend classes and was eventually expelled. That wow. Yeah. But then tragic. he got an internship with the old globe theater in San Diego. So he has a lot of theater work. Um, he made his Broadway musical debut playing the role of George's in oh a revival God. of luck. Hage O'Folds? Oh, what, the birdcage. Oh, okay. For which she was nominated for a Tony Award for Best Performance by Leading Actor. Wait, that was what production of it? Um, Broadway. Wow. But that's funny because Hank, wow. Hank Azaria was in the birdcage in the movie. Right? Yeah, that's true. As the Cuban... As, as Agador Spartacus. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting. Grammar originated <laughs> the roles of Charles Froman and Captain Hook in the Broadway premiere of the musical Finding Neverland. So most recently he made an appearance in the West End production of Big Fish. So he's done a lot of like Broadway. Mm-hmm. Cool. I got some Broadway so. legends in this. And then Angela yeah. Lansbury. Mm-hmm. Thank the earth for Thank Angela Thank the Lansbury. earth that Angela. She I, is <laughs> such an epic, fi- like a casually epic figure. She's a national treasure. Yeah. She's yeah. still alive. Yep. Still Thankfully. Kicking, still She's kicking. one of those people who's like <laughs> always. A few woods here. Like I felt like she was old when I was a kid oh, yeah. watching her. She's like Christopher yeah. Lloyd as well. Yeah. She's like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> she is. But it's like. <laughs> like they've never been young, you know. No. It, it, that's no. what I was thinking is like, yeah, you have these people who felt old at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Do you know the Beauty and the Beast uh, recording story? No. Oh, wait. I she think he- was very tired. They flew her in to record Beauty and the Beast, and everyone was worried, and they were uh, because like she was like older and tired, and but she insisted everything was fine, even though huh. they were like trying to like see if she wanted to do it the next day, and she just comes in and then does it in one take. <sighs> and in the movie, that version it's is the amazing. only time they recorded oh, that time. song. <laughs> She's like, no, no, I'm good. Be. Hold on, just let me. Let me just cough out this perfect <laughs> track. It has, there is a sincerity to it. It almost feels, I believe that, that it feels like a one take mm-hmm. kind of got it mm-hmm. done. And, and she just always seems like someone who's very consummate about consummate, mm. consummate about mm-hmm. her craft. 
and could do something like that. Like she obviously had the experience and, yeah. and it's a little hard for me to not hear pots, to be honest, when, mm. when in this movie, but, um, like, I feel like she's been in, there's pots of course, but I think it's also like, uh, I mean, maybe I'm trying to think of my main associations of her voice. It's also like the murder. Know, she wrote, uh, murder uh, she yeah. Wrote. Murder. She wrote the Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Uh, I think she I think she was in the original cast of Sweeney Todd. I mean, I just hmm. know that was the version I listened to the most growing up was her okay. as Interesting. Angela Lansbury but, as uh, as Mrs. Lovett. But yeah, like uh, she has a great voice. Yeah. Tell that impertinent young man that I have seen enough Grand Duchess Anastasia's to last me a lifetime. And give such weight to it all. Yeah, and yeah. I would say that about all the main voices in this. This is definitely like the best singing cast in any of the yeah. Bluth movies. Mm-hmm. Like I would Liz say these Calloway, are like the Oops, best songs. Liz Calloway as well. Yeah, like these uh, are my favorite songs. These I songs think. are. So I think yeah. so. This this is like a fabulous collection of music. Uh, and and yeah, Liz Calloway was the voice of Anastasia for singing. Heart. Calloway, who was on Broadway in Cats. Cats. I was. I'm so glad Cats came up <laughs> yep. again, yet again for some reason. Grizabella. So that means. I mean, that's the main epic song yeah. of that musical. Is which memory. I now know. Yeah, which you now know because we saw the movie Cats. <laughs> yeah, we saw, you were on the podcast talking about Cats. Yeah. I've now seen it three times in total. Wow. Two at the rowdy screenings. Oh. And they are hilarious. They're pretty fun. Did you dress up? Uh, I have my cat scrunchie that I won at the first one, but I didn't, and I wore my Batman hoodie cause it has like ears on it, but they were technically bat ears, yeah. not Bartok bat ears, not Bartok. <laughs> no, but, but similar. Yeah. Okay. So Lynn Aaron's and Steven Flaherty is yes. the songwriters. Mm. I think that I said that correctly. Flaherty. <laughs> Sounds right. No, I think they did a marvelous job on, on this yeah. Uh, musical. And They're so good. They also did Ragtime as one of my favorite shows of theirs. They've done Susical, Susical, which I have not seen. Mm-hmm. I have not either. <laughs> they did the Rocky musical. They adapted Anastasia for Broadway, which is another discussion yeah. that we should have at some point. Uh, they also, um, they also did Bartok. Apparently, they did. So, yeah. which was fun. The that music was funny is good. It's. Not quite as good, in my opinion, as <laughs> it's different. It's it's like a it's that world feels completely different. It was later, later. We'll talk, we'll talk about Bartok later. It's like a dream Bartok had, where he was the hero. Yeah, and um, everything was wacky, and everything was strange, and. Apparently bats live a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Talking bats, yeah. But, but yeah, I think they're a, a pretty uh, a, a pretty cool songwriting team for this movie. And yeah. Sorry, I wanted to like hop back just a moment because we were talking about all the voices. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other voices for Anastasia were Kirsten Dunst. Oh, uh, yeah. As the young, young Anastasia. Yeah. Show, Kirsten Dunst showing up for half a day. For half a day. Yeah. <laughs> and also um, some uh, girl named Lacey Chabert. 
Uh, I've heard that name before. Who was who the she? singing voice of young Anastasia. Oh, wow. So Anastasia four actresses. had four actresses in this Whoa. movie to play all of the different uh, uh, facets of her character. Oh, that's funny. She was young Vitani in Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. Lacey Chabert. Yes. Lacey Chabert. Why <laughs> yeah. do I know that? Oh, she was the voice of Eliza Thornberry in The Wild Thornberries. So cool. This is me, Eliza Thornberry, part of your average family. I got a dad, a mom, and a sister. There is Donnie. We found him. And Darwin, he found us. <laughs> oh, she was the vo the voice of Tanya in the direct-to-video sequels of An American Tale, The Treasure oh. of Manhattan Island, and The Mystery of the Night Monster. She was Gretchen Wieners in Mean Girls. <laughs> On Broadway. No, just oh, in the movie Mean Girls. And she was that's also, her. That's and so she's in Party of Five. Okay, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. And that's she's, what we do. Okay, yeah, she was singing. In, wow. And when she sings uh, "Once Upon a December" in that moment with the Empress in the opening, it uh, the way that she sings there reminds me of Cosette in Les Mis singing yeah. "Castle in the uh, Castle in the Clouds." Interesting. Just that one on a December. Once upon a December. It's just like just hits that one this part one in the prologue. It hits a very, very. Um, Ooh, what's the specific. name of that? She was, what's the name of that character? Sorry, I just want to point out she was also Alu in I Balto just, 2 Wolf Quest. I just read that. Wait, the, the sequel to Bal Balto, Balto Wolf Quest? Wolf Quest. <laughs> that. Is that a good movie? I have no idea. I'll go on that episode. And as well. we'll never know. No, we're not. We're not covering the Balto sequels. Um, Kirsten Dunst. Uh, moving back to her for a second. She yeah. was. Uh, she, I guess she was the English dub of Kiki's Delivery Service. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, oh, that's um, funny. I don't mean to interrupt, but I had a thought that um, another thing about Angela Lansbury is in the making of what I liked about what she had to say was she was the kind of in the making of documentary on Anastasia or whatever you want to call it. It yeah. seems like she gives the most weight to the Romanov history mm. and is like, I forget exactly how she phrased it, but it was something that gave credence to the idea of like, we're not, this is historically inspired, but we have a, we're doing something different. This is not what happened. And well, it seemed and like Angela Lansbury kind of understood like all these people are dead. Yeah. Well, she even said, she says for a moment, she's like, let us, let us assume for a moment uh, well, because she says like the, the Anastasia in reality, the one that they had found turned out to not be mm. her. Right. And there's mm. like, but for a moment, let's assume that it was. And it's like, if look, I put this movie in the same category that I would put Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. You know <laughs> what once I mean? Upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. It's something yeah. that is just taking history and going, OK, but what if there's yeah. nothing wrong with what if mm. scenario Movies. Pocahontas as well, honestly. Pocahontas, Pocahontas. Mulan, I think, to mm. some degree, right? Because didn't she end up dying? Future Dax here again to clarify that Hua Mulan was uh, more of a legendary figure who may or may not have been real. We're not entirely sure. Uh, but in one version of the story, the Sui Tang romance, uh, she ends up killing herself to avoid marrying the Khan. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I remembered somewhat correctly. I don't know the I, history. Of I don't. Yeah, Mulan there's something. I, I, was, I know Pocahontas. I'll had check a that one. Pocahontas had a tragic yeah. experience of life. Yeah. But yeah, like Pocahontas definitely didn't. I yeah. mean, so I feel like it's yeah, <laughs> it's this sort of revisionist history where. But I think that at the time, my understanding is that we were saying Sarah earlier that like 
the mystery of whether or not all the remains of the Romanovs yeah. had been discovered was still unsolved. But yeah. since they believe it has been. Right. Because I think I, I was saying that I remember, you know, over the last I don't know, 20 years or whatever, occasionally it would be in the news where it's like, oh, you know, we don't know. Oh, wait, now we have DNA testing and we can do that. And oh, like there's this distant relative and we're going to test the remains. And oh, well, these remains weren't her. But I think eventually they did. They accounted that, for yeah. in the you know, in but the think, mass grave of yeah. that the Bolsheviks threw the Romanov family bodies in. Oof. They yeah. eventually discovered enough remains to do the math yeah. that they equated the, <laughs> the, 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 the Romanov family. I, I did think it was kind of funny in the making of because there's a moment where they, they comment on it. It's like, yeah, you, I think we're Bluth or one of them even says it's like, yeah, this might seem like an odd choice yeah. for, <laughs> for this kind of a story. but For a movie with a silly bat in it. But yeah. um, I, Can we talk about Ross Butin for a moment? Uh, I love him. So he's amazing. He's voiced by Christopher Lloyd. Mark my words. You and your family will die within the fortnight. I will not rest until I see the end of the Romanov line forever. And voice sang by someone. Sang by Jim Cummings. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. So the voice of Steel from mm -hmm. Balto. Balto keeps coming up. Um, <laughs> and the voice of Winnie the, the later Pooh years. and Tigger. Not, not a, he, I mean, Jim Cummings is a utilitarian voice actor, someone who could do many a, things, many things. And, and so, yeah, he, it flows pretty well. Like the voices that they had mm -hmm. to replace for some of the main actors for singing, like the, his works for, for In the I Dark of the Night. I think they all work really well. Oh yeah. Yeah. In the Dark of the Night. Mm. Yeah. They all work Delicious, really well. But good like, song. Oh, In the Dark of the Night. Yeah. Oh. In the Dark of the Night, I was tossing and turning. And the nightmare I had was as bad as can be. It scared me out of my wits, a corpse falling to bits. Then I opened my eyes and the nightmare was me. I was once the most mystical man in all Russia. And pour one out for In the Dark of the Night in because the it does... Uh, there are many issues I have with the Broadway, adap Broadway adaptation. <laughs> it's coming up. It's coming up. Um, but in the dark of the night, I will let you all know out there, does not survive into that show. Yeah. And neither do the characters of Rasputin or Bartok. So do you know why this is? And I believe I, so. But it seems I've, like you've got some... I found a, a an interview somewhere online. <laughs> I, I'm... <laughs> you, yeah, you don't need to know from where. No, There's I just a, found source, a source, a source of some kind. Someone did the research, and <laughs> um, but it was it was an interview with with the songwriters and Stephen uh, Flaherty, Stephen and, and, Lynn. and Lynn, and they Stephen Lynn. They mentioned how when Anastasia was being made, there was that moment where it was like, hey. What if Rasputin comes back to life and there's a talking bat? And they kind of were like, <laughs> oh, and that was their reaction. Was uh, OK, they wanted something with it because, yeah, these are the people who, yeah, they, they're they I mean, besides, I guess, I mean, Suzuko is pretty silly. They have some silly stuff, but perhaps they have more of a desire to tell more of a straightforward they, story. Yeah, they wanted more historical accuracy to this historically inaccurate story um but i get but what you're they saying that the corpse of rasputin and a, and, a, and a clearly somewhat not totally down with his evil plan funny sarcastic bat didn't 
didn't use really. the powers of a some kind of spirit, some kind of like a cylindrical. <laughs> what is it called? A, a reliquary. A reliquary, <laughs> which they bring up in the commentary that that's what it actually is called. But it's a religious item, oh. which is kind of why they. Because Rasputin was the Romanov's like faith healer, essentially. Yeah, I think he was thought of well amongst the. I think that it was like the Romanovs themselves, and I could be wrong here. Felt Rasputin was like kind of part of their he was family. A, he was like a yeah. He I mean he's like a Jafar. But there was, yeah, but there were rumors <laughs> that he was nefarious, and people thought he was full of perhaps dark magic. He is a because he looked so scary. Well, well like yeah, I heard that he he like it took forever for them to actually to kill, kill him. him. No, so okay, yeah, they yeah, couldn't I think kill he, him. He only died from like yeah, no, frostbite. No, let's start or at something. the beginning. Like, no, no, no. There's a lot of stories about it, but on 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 the Wikipedia, it like. It tells you like one of the main accounts of what had happened. So of how Rasputin was a vampire. Rasputin, <laughs> it turns out, or was a vampire. Me. Or excuse me, some kind of corpse falling to bits. <laughs> so um, Felix Yusupov, who was one of the the, the princes. Okay. I, I think Future Dax here again with a quick clarification that the Yusupovs were actually a separate uh, Russian noble family, different from the Romanovs, but still involved uh, in the Russian government. Is this so, before okay. or after the Romanovs are killed? So look, he was claimed, he, the reason he got power, this is before. So the reason that he got power was because the, the Anastasia's brother, what's his name, had <laughs> hemophilia. Okay. Oh, and yeah. apparently Rasputin was like the only guy who could kind of heal like for whatever reason, he seemed to have an ability to make him feel better. Yeah, and that won him over with uh, Anastasia's mom. Yeah, and so he ended up kind of gaining power, and it got to a point where a, a few people like just didn't like the power that he seemed to start holding over the family, and so the prince Felix Yusupov, along with uh, what it says, Grand Duke Dmitry Pavlovich and right-wing politician Vladimir Pudishkovich decided that Rasputin's influence over the Serena had made him a threat to the empire, and they concocted a plan in, Decem in Once Upon a December in <laughs> 1916 to kill him, apparently by luring him to the Yusupov's Moika Palace. So... Jeez, so he was tricked and assassinated. Uh, yeah, and... Two they, years before the... They were because the, yeah, the Romanovs were killed in 1918. But it's like they gave him tea with cyanide, they gave him wine with cyanide. With more cyanide. The double it, the cyanide. It didn't kill him. He was still alive. So he, Yusupov went upstairs, got a gun, came... This is all, by the way, this is hearsay. This is like stories. Like We're not sure of any of this. But supposedly, he went upstairs, got a gun, came down, shot him. Didn't die. <laughs> they thought he was dead. And then... Uh, and then he a, rose. Another person went... <laughs> like, like one of those like full... But you know what I mean? Like say like I'm trying to figure out how to describe this on a podcast, but it's like the body is there, but then like in a full stiff like stiff, like gets up. Well, first Sukatin, uh, Sukatin. I'm I'm gonna butcher so many Russian names. I'm so sorry. Uh, Sukatin was wearing Rasputin's coat and hat in an attempt to make it look as though Rasputin had returned home that night. Wow. With some other people, they like drove him home. And, but then like Yusupov went back to the basement to make sure that Rasputin was dead. And Rasputin comes back up <laughs> and like fights him. Oh my God. And then they shoot him again oh in the head. Wow. And they roll him up in cloth 
Uh, yeah. Oh no, it's no, it's Rasputin followed and made it into the palace's courtyard before being shot by Purishkovich and collapsing in a snowbank. The conspirators then wrapped his body in cloth, drove it to the Petrovsky Bridge, and dropped it into the Malaya Nevka River. Yeah, and then I think... he was found later, and there's a picture of his corpse. Oh on God. Wiki. Yeah, I think I read somewhere Jeez. that he died from like frostbite, not or like you know exposure to cold, not any of the other things, not poison, not not the like gunshot his cause to of his death head was the cold. Yeah. But he couldn't take the cold. And, and, and so in the film, to pay honor to history, they have his final moments happen on the river. Yeah, yeah he and he does. falls into the ice, the icy water. he was water, yeah. dead by that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, but, but like on, on the commentary, Gary, Gary Goldman says something about, uh, he said how like because of all of the, how hard it was for them to kill Rasputin, that it seemed like in there might have been something about him that was kind of mystical and like had sold yeah. his soul to the devil kind of thing that that was their justification for why they could push the idea of Rasputin as this kind of, as this very magical presence in the movie. Right. Um, and I, I, I don't know where I sit on it because in a way it is a little jarring to this film that otherwise could be a real story mm-hmm. without it. But at the same time, the kid in me remembers loving the Rasputin stuff yeah, and the Bartok stuff. Yeah. And the fact that he's falling apart yeah. is so hilarious. It's so good. It's so funny. And it's like, can you imagine a Disney film doing that? Oh, yeah, no. no. Having like a villain where his eye just pops out <laughs> yeah. and then his like hand fall. Like the part and where his he. His chin like sli- his mouth slides down <laughs> onto his, his beard. beard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he like throws his hand yeah. and it catches. There's really like a oh, cute. Oh, there's like the sinews of his. Is that what you call that? Like yeah. His like inner. Tendons. Or... Tendons. Yeah, his tendons oh, yeah, there's are that stretching too, out. Where like it's to a, catch oh, yeah. the, the relic. It's like a where... bungee tendon. <laughs> tendon. But like there's a moment where he like he's holding Bartok and he throws. He moves his arm and his hand flies off and it hits the one of the pillars made of skulls and <laughs> and Bartok one of the multiple one of pillars yeah. made of skulls numerous ones and uh, his hand kind of grabs Bartok I think at, on its own but then there's this cute moment where he's like he's laying back crying and then Bartok kind of like carries the hand yeah, back over it's, it's like cute. don't worry sir it's fine and and, yeah. and it's like making Bartok. a squeaky noise as he's like carrying the hand back and there's a there's a lot of lovely animation in this movie, just subtleties where like there's a moment where after that Rasputin grabs the hand and puts it back. And if you look at like right when he puts his hand back on, he goes like he like just he checks it. He yeah. checks to make yeah, sure it's like, he, like a Luke Skywalker test of he, just like does this hand still little work? finger flips mm-hmm. to make sure that it works. And there's tons of subtleties like that throughout the character movement in this entire movie. It's just so well done. Just like that well mowed lawn. Where is he now? Uh, where is he? We yeah. have a lawn mower problem. I might cut this out, but we have a lot of grass out there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looks trim. Oh, it there looks. He is. Oh, yeah. Looks, yeah, he's right by the window yeah. now. But he'll he'll be done in a second. It's usually just maybe take we can sing it out. Too long. <laughs> All right, what? Um... <laughs> Have you heard there's a lawnmower in Sarah's yard? Have you heard it? It's really cool. Have you heard the grass is blowing on the street? (laughs) The loudest mower in history. He's going to get rid of them sometime. (laughs) Please do not repeat. There's no bad. This is going to stay in. (laughs) Talk. Talk. 
you? Esther? You're alive? Yeah, the man out of speaking. Whoa, that fell right out there, sir. Something's happened. Yeah. Whoopsie. I knew it. I could feel the dark forces stirring. I'm not surprised because I saw her, Anastasia. Anastasia, alive? I think he's gone. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to start back at character animation. What were you saying about character animation? What was I saying about character animation? (laughs) There was a lawnmower that was causing issues. So we we had to kind of pause for a second. But um, no, but yeah, there's a lot of fun character animation. And and, um, there's actually on the Blu-ray, there is a drawing with Don Bluth. Oh, I did. I watched some of that. Yeah. And he talks about how like drawing Bartok was one of his favorite, like Bartok was his favorite character to draw, uh, which you can kind of tell. And so... This between the two of them, and also when he was drawing Rasputin, he spends so much more time talking about Rasputin than he does about Anastasia or Dimitri. Oh, well, do you know when, like, he's, when he's drawing Anastasia, he's like, so, uh, and you know, women like to wear makeup, so putting some <laughs> eyelashes here, and you know, it's a sexy look. Like, a he, sexy says look. he says that he says sexy in, in the drawing. <laughs> that oh, was goodness. so funny. Um, oh. But but he clearly enjoyed drawing Bartok and Rasputin, and and I think like. You can tell that with villains, often you get to have more fun. So, well, can I talk about just my favorite piece of animation in this whole thing? Well, yeah, it's please. like it's short, but I love it. It's where they're interviewing Anastasia impersonators, and that one person oh, comes yes. out and, and takes the coat it's off. Grandma, it's me, <laughs> Anastasia. I love that animation. The way that that person walks out mm. and like drops the coat in like oh, there's like a little hip yeah. wiggle well, it's so good apparently that's like slightly a Tallulah Bankhead reference as well who's that you don't know she was a, a famous actor personality oh. um, not of that era but yeah. later mm-hmm. on but yeah. in fact if you look at the list of names that that he's crossing off although he's like crossing it off it's weird he's crossing it off after the previous person but the name Tallulah is there oh, on no. the list <laughs> but, but and they used those as they used uh, how, what do you refer to that as in like old Disney used to do it where they have live action actors? Oh, come reference. In? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they did a ton of that for Anastasia, including that in the making yeah, of that, the shot that you were talking about, Sarah. But um, but yeah, in like the commentary, Bluth mentioned Tallulah Bankhead. Grandma, it's me, Anastasia. Oh, brother. <laughs> but yeah, like they used... They basically shot this entire movie in live action. Mm-hmm. Not not backgrounds, but they shot all of the acting yeah. in, in live action. And they had them dressed, like they showed some of it in the making yeah. of it. It's like they had them all dressed up and stuff in costume. And um, apparently, actually, that, sorry, like that, you just reminded me. So there were three women that played the live action Anastasia, which was Anna, Anna Braga, Anna Braga. Jennifer Jarris and uh, Christine Klein. So technically, there were seven different people <laughs> who, all, and that's not counting the people drawing her. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But there are like seven different women that all kind of created Anastasia's wow. acting and character. That um, is amazing. But uh, but yeah, like uh, rewind back to <laughs> Rasputin for a moment. Yeah. Um, the because. Because I think you... Because he, he just won't die. Because he just won't it's die. The topic just but, can't end. But I know... Uh, yeah, we, we were we talking... Stabbed about it, we shot it. We shot it. Yeah. We poisoned it twice. <laughs> we threw him in the river. <laughs> but 
But Christopher Lloyd, I think, does like a Sorry. marvelous job mm-hmm. with this character, and he was—he's so great. I, mm-hmm. it, it well, you know, because he's played—he played Judge Doom in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, mm-hmm. and everyone knows him as Doc Brown, and he also mm-hmm. plays the sorcerer in Ducktales the movie. Okay, <laughs> um, a very well-known role. At last, after all these centuries, the lamp will be mine again. He's also the uh, angel in the Angel in the Outfield. <gasps> oh right. Oh. That he, I mean, he just has a great oh, voice. Oh, he's Fester in, um, yes, in the Adam's, Adam's Family, Family films. Mm-hmm. And there was a, there was an interesting thing from the commentary. I'm like trying to find it quickly, but he's also a national treasure. We must protect is. him at all yeah. costs. Wow, Christopher. Yeah, there's a lot of national treasures. Angela Lansbury, yeah. Christopher Lloyd. Uh-huh. But there was. Oh my God, where was it? I'm trying to find it. Yeah, because um, yeah, Rasputin. And while you find that, Dax, a thought on the way that they have Rasputin in the film though is. It's very Wicked Witch of the West. It's like he's not really actively. It's a chase, but the chase only ever goes back to square one. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's like he's involved or like really evolving the quest. It's yeah. the quest is happening and he's nipping at the heels. Yeah. And Anastasia's goal, which uh, is to you know find her family, is only somewhat interrupted by his, uh, multiple attacks that mm-hmm. you know don't really come to bear and that much of the time is just him in his little lair plotting yeah. and watching it's like a side plot it is yeah it's very much a separate side plot that's mostly honestly there for comedic effect that it's like he's a villain and he's dark and he gives a big mystical showdown at the end but it's Rasputin and Bartok I would say probably 80% of their screen time is comedic. Yeah. Uh, wow. Take it easy there. You know, sir, really, you should watch your blood pressure. My nephew Izzy just keeled over one day mid-mango. Oh, in his song, yeah, in the dark of the night, we are, we talked about that song briefly, oh, but like, such a great song. I wrote in my notes, is that like three fourths time too, like the time signature, or six eighths, which I don't know the difference. I never did, but it almost feels like it. In the dark of the night, I was tossing and turning. Or no, it's not. And the nightmare I had was as bad as can be. I can't tell. I can't tell. Scared me out of my wits. A corpse falling to bits. Then they opened my eyes, and the nightmare was me. Right. It's like waltz it might time. Be, well, it might be a weird. Or, or six eighths. One, two, three. I'm trying to really bad at time one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, right? Okay, so future decks. And hey, it's me, future Sarah. <laughs> uh, so one other thing that we I wanted to cut in here is that because we were having this whole like quandary about uh, the time signature of In the Dark of the Night. Hmm. And I looked it up and this piece of sheet music that I found showed uh, 12-8 as the time signature. And that's really unusual because uh, it's just not a super common kind of time signature for piece of music. But um, we couldn't figure out if it was standard time or waltz. And the cool thing about 12-8 is it's kind of like a fast waltz in common time. Yeah, because I'm looking (laughs) at the thing you just sent me. It's like you've got sets like you've got little groups of three like no you know three yeah. notes so, that's so interesting so, so the way that it works is it's four sets of triplets yeah. so it's one two three two two three three two three four two three one two three two two three three two three four two three one two three two two three 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 four two three yeah. So it's, it's like a waltz, that, but, <laughs> but like also it's like threes, but also fours. I think that's why we got confused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why we were confused because it has the triplet effect uh and because so it's eight. 
it's twelve eight, not twelve four. So mm. it, rather than being a, a a slower waltz, it would it feels more like a fast kind of moving. So I I'm sorry, I'm doing not doing a very good job explaining this, but I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. That, and that was why we were so confused mm-hmm. trying to articulate it, and uh, it just makes this piece of music all that more special to me. Understanding how complicated that rhythm was, and uh, you know. Shows you you can you can sneak cool things in there if you're a musician. Yeah, adds another layer. Anyway, back to the episode. Back to the episode. Woo! In the dark of the night, evil will find her. In the dark of the night, just before dawn. Revenge will be sweet when the curse is complete. In the dark of the night, she'll be gone. I'd like to shout out one of the demons in particular in that song. Is that little funny slug looking one who goes, Doom her. (laughs) So apparently the reason that those were added was... um, So good. Because, like, uh, Don Bluth said, because the... He brings up Sleeping Beauty a couple times in the in the commentary, and I definitely got a Maleficent vibe from Rasputin when he first shows up. Yeah, totally. Where he's kind of like... So I'm not welcome here anymore. Is that it? Kind of, which is what Maleficent does. Totally, in yeah. Maleficent's Beauty. entrance in the beginning, and, and he doesn't say it specifically, but I also remember Maleficent having a lot of green yep. in her color palette, uh, and so that is also a big part of Rasputin. His main color is this kind of sickly green, and uh, and but they they said that the reason was that he they gave him the bugs because they wanted him to be singing with somebody. And like Maleficent has her goons, her kind of demons in Sleeping Beauty. And so, but they couldn't think of what it would be. So he's just like, it's just a bunch of bugs. Yeah. Just give him a bunch of bugs. And so, <laughs> I, but I kind of love all these random cartoony, like. Wait, what other movie Demon bugs did we watch bugs. where there are like bugs that are singing? Is A Bug's Life? <laughs> Wait, they don't sing in that movie. They don't sing. No, it's like another like. <laughs> or am I thinking of Little Mermaid? Where yeah, it's like a little all bit. The creatures? Yeah, it kind of is like the under the sea moment. But I thought there was one where there's mm. like, I don't know, maybe I'm not remembering correctly, where there are like little creatures singing. Yeah. Am I just thinking of a completely different movie? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, you might, you might be insane. You're onto something. Yeah. <laughs> you might be crazy. It is pretty hilarious that in his big like epic demonic song that all of the minions he's like summoning forth are these like cute little bugs. Yeah. yeah. Wait, was it was it <laughs> Pebble and the Penguin? Um this is in your mind. <laughs> I, I I cannot remember I any don't of this. Remember. But, was it, maybe but, it was it was probably Troll in Central Park. Mm-hmm. That's why we're not remembering it. Yeah. But anyway, I can't quite find exactly what it was, but the thing I had been looking for was that apparently like for Rasputin's character they they had wanted him to be kind of three different characters, uh-huh. and like one of them was sort of a um, him wearing the Anastasia wig. Well, him wearing the <laughs> Anastasia wig. No, it was it was, it was deeper than that. It was him like being kind of a a this mystical character, and then also him being this kind of like sort of sniveling, sort of like Bouncing oh, what was me? Yeah. And it was like. I can't remember the third one, but, but like, yeah, he gets sad. He's depressed, and Bartok Dex, has to be like, "No, sir." Just cut yeah. in, <laughs> Dex. Just cut in the clip of Don Bluth saying what it is. Christopher Lloyd, we challenged him to come up with a villain that he hadn't played before, that wasn't just uh, a loud, mustache-twisting Machiavellian villain, but uh, the guy was somebody that had several levels. 
One of them is the, the loud, screaming, bombastic, you know, villain who is going to make sure everybody hears him. And the other one is the sniveling, little insecure guy who feels sorry for himself. Then there's a third personality where he is sly and cunning and very, very devious, and he's hunting for the right way to turn the screw. And so we explained this <laughs> to uh, Christopher and said, this is what we want to do is go in and out of these things. And he thought about it for the longest time. And he says, well, yeah, yeah, he just, just sort of hold up a flag when I'm supposed to go in and out of these. He says, I, I, I can get this. And um, over a period of about two or three recording sessions, he locked in on Rasputin. Our first one didn't quite get it, but the third one, he finally found these three characters. And then the magic became real. Um, so anyway, that. And but, they, yeah, and I kick her, sir. And I That's kick like her, the most sir. famous line of this whole movie. <laughs> that was like every trailer. Yeah, I really. little bat talking about kicking Anastasia. I really remembered Bartok's lines more than anyone else's. Yeah. And I love that because I was watching the making of thing and they're talking about how they originally wanted him to be this like really high-pitched, nervous bat. And then Hank Azaria walks in and right. he does this voice and they're like, oh, there we go. And they had mm -hmm. seen the birdcage, which was why mm. they brought him in because they thought he was really funny in that movie so sure. so movie. they yeah. like love that movie that was yeah. one of the few characters where they wanted him to form some mm. of the character and yeah and Hank Azaria is known for the Simpsons all the Simpsons characters yeah. that he's done and and so he definitely is another voice actor that being brought to the table of like yeah just mm. come up with something and he's he's great as this character if you can suspend your belief mm. that this is not a historically accurate <laughs> Uh, realistic telling of Anastasia. Uh, as far as his character goes, it could have been so bad. Mm. It could have been so bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like they could have removed the character and replaced him with like a Russian version of Javert, which they do in the Broadway musical. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just being, him, I'm just him, being salty. I'm him and salty. him and no, let's talk about because I'm yeah. curious because because yeah, Bartok and Rasputin are not part of the musical version which was done by the same songwriting team. Right. So, uh, like, but you've seen it. I saw the Broadway musical. And, and I rushed to see it. I was, it was 2017. Oh, um, my so musical recent. troupe robot teammate was in New York doing uh, a musical we wrote called Turbulence at a theater called Soho Ooh. Playhouse. And while we were there, we were all seeing different, you know, as many musicals as we could go to. And the only one I think I saw, and I paid full price, because I needed to see it. Mm. Was I was like, oh my god, Anastasia's on Broadway. So me and our friend Miles Crosman went to watch Anastasia, and we're there. I'm all excited. I checked the program, and at first I'm a little taken aback because I'm like, wow, there's no bar talk in here. <sighs> and then I keep on looking, and I go, wait, 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 wait. There's no Rasputin in yeah, here. Yeah, that seems... <laughs> and so I, like, run to the concession person, who is the You're most like, official I person I could find. think these have been printed wrong. Yeah, yeah. Hi, there's been some sort of mistake. I don't think that the actor who's playing Bartok and Rasputin have been credited properly. And he's like, no, they're... He's like, no, it's different than the movie. And I was like, how different? <laughs> how different is it from the movie? And so I was a little distracted by it the entire time. Uh -huh. um, but there are... 16 new songs in the show. Wow. It's Lynn and Steven. And it is like, like you were saying how it's like when they kind of were hanging out with team Bluth and they were like, great. So Rasputin is a living corpse and he has a little bat friend <laughs> that like, I can see someone being like, but it's the story of like, what if this one Romanov princess survived and she has a romance um, I can see this is that other version. I mean, yeah. it takes place that they wanted to do. Yeah. It takes place in communist Russia. It's the villain is a Bolshevik, general named Gleb. 
who essentially is Why? a Russian Javert. Um, if people out there haven't seen Les Mis, uh, and Les Mis, the main character, Jean Valjean, who is you know, an escaped prison uh, prisoner, is constantly hunted by this uh, um, officer of the law named Javert who like has like a quest to want to kill him and or Fun. put him in no put him behind bars whereas the Bolsheviks were because the Bolsheviks were the ones that overthrew the czars, the czars and killed the Romanovs and he is tasked with finding and killing her so there's still a pursuit going on but it's by Gleb and his uh, and his <laughs> and his Bolshevik generals or his Bolshev- uh, Bolshevik soldiers so there is still a, a there's a pursuit villain, a yeah. pursuit yeah and He's a little conflicted about it. It's not like he has this vengeance against her. It's he's assigned to do this and in the process mm. starts to question whether or not it's the right thing to do. See, it's funny because I could see this. It's weird. You could you could have written it without even needing to replace Rasputin. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to take him out, there is enough here that you can make mm-hmm. an inner conflict mm-hmm. or like other problems be yeah. the, the thing. Yeah, the conflict, I guess, is sort of between Dimitri and... If he's being dishonorable by kind of like using her for this, uh, you know, kind of building up yeah. the fact that it was like making her think you are her. I'm taking you to your family when he actually is just trying to cash in. That's yeah. the main conflict. Yeah. yeah. Did you like the new songs? Like, were there any that stood out? I can't out? really remember mm-hmm. them. Um, I would have to listen to the sh- soundtrack again and it's mm-hmm. not available on mm-hmm. any of my services that I've found available. Mm-hmm. But I'd be curious to listen to it because... They are such a talented songwriting team and it maintains six of the songs and in the dark of the night, which while it makes me so sad that that song somehow didn't, that they didn't ensure that they would keep that. Cause I think that, I think that people, here's the thing, like you were saying, uh, I think earlier Dak is it's like, and like you were saying about Bartok, that's what stuck out to us. And that's why we love this. And it's like Frozen is on um, Broadway and they're not taking out Olaf. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, I get it. this and Hunchback did the same thing on Broadway. Is that when Hunchback went to Broadway, it did the same thing. It took out the gargoyles. Yeah. Mm. And they made it a little bit serious. And that's what Anastasia does. It makes, it adapts this out of a children's story and makes it into kind of this like, three hour long period piece hmm. except you know you can learn to do it during to the past once upon december all there but once uh in the dark of the night is repurposed which was like kind of like no uh, no but there's a really cool moment where the uh pursuit on the train is like some very interesting stagecraft yeah i can yeah. imagine that would be cool yeah and there's great singing and all that, but and and the whole thing of like the family and the rediscovering of Once Upon a December as the through line that all remains uh, more or less intact. Do you think if yeah. you hadn't ever seen the Don Bluth version that you might have liked this version? I can't tell because yeah. the length, I do believe, is a little um, much. It's a little much. It's a little Zhivago. It's like you know, if you can make if you can tell a story in ninety minutes. You don't need to make it in three hours. Which this does. It's yeah. pretty succinct. I actually was surprised at how yeah. short, quote unquote. I, I mean, it is pretty short. It's a mm-hmm. short film considering how much happens in it. Um, well, I want to say like at least to S- Stephen Flaherty and Lynn Aarons. By the way, Stephen is the composer. Lynn is the lyricist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just want to clarify that. Um, to their credit, like for being given a song they kind of probably didn't want to write. 
they did an amazing job, like in oh, the Dark yeah. of the Night's an incredible mm-hmm. song. So so good. Uh, and hey, you know what? Both versions exist. You can you can watch the movie or you can go see the. It's your own canon, you know. It's yeah. like you can have the new Star Wars movies, or if you don't like those, just read the books. Just read the, and just... those people who don't like those movies didn't read the books. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Uh, no, no, it's fine. We've, we've, uh, oh, we've, we've talked about the rise of Skywalker. We've bashed we Star Wars uh... too many times. I can't remember why it? it's come up. Who's, who's the one in the books? Mara Jade? Mara Jade Skywalker. Mara Jade. She's oh, such a cool... Great character. She's such a cool character, and yet we'll never see the light of... It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> hey, those books are out there. But God but, forbid that we all do something like read. But back to Anastasia. Uh, I, I want to like... Dax is reading his notes right now. Touch back on... Dax could publish this as a book. You, yeah. on Anastasia you have no book. idea. I watch... By the way, the, this Blu-ray has... A lot yeah. of bonus features, Blue which we 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 blew through. We, we, we kind of mentioned a few times. It has the, it has the, it has the making of. Uh. It has the how to draw. It also has um. It also has Anastasia: A Magical Journey, which is hosted by Aaliyah, which oh. is like a smaller making of. Oh, I didn't watch that one. Where oh she's like God, green screened into Paris, um, and a bunch of. It has the the Aaliyah music video and a making of for the Journey music of the video. Past music video. And it has Anastasia's music box favorites and sing-alongs uh-huh. and includes bar talk. Let's, the just give it up for, let's just give it up for Aaliyah, too. Yeah, like. can we talk about this Aaliyah song? By the way, yes, this was nominated for two Academy Awards. Amazing. Which were? Which were Best Song and Best Score, right? Best music? Like, I don't remember. I think it's I <laughs> so. think it Best Song was and those, Best Song. Both yeah, Once it was, Upon it was December the, and Journey to the Past. I, I, I don't I'm think pretty sure it was, it was music for both of them. Yeah. Um, but this was the year, 1998, where a little indie film called Titanic oh, uh, won some awards. Mm. So as you'll remember, um, My Heart Will Go On won Best Song. Wow. But, Journey, for the, Journey to the Past competed with My Heart Will Go On at the Academy Awards. Yeah, and crazy i always think of because yeah titanic won everything 1998 was also the year and i don't know why i know all these like music facts about the oscars mm-hmm. but elliot smith was also nominated for uh goodwill hunting so oh. he performed at those oscars too oh, and he's that was like a crazy oscars yeah he's Did my Billy favorite Crystal host it? Uh, i don't probably uh, yeah that must have been back in the days where he just hosted them always mm-hmm. but i'd recommend people look up um because alia performed at the oscars so look that up amazing and, yeah, I when like watched the Elliot Smith die? performance, and it's yeah. so good. Like I always like go Smith. and watch that, and it's so good. But I'm I'm trying to find the <laughs> Sarah. What was the performance, the Oscar performance like? Like, cause you know how like the video has like her sort of on. It's I, like she's in like a city, and then she's in the movie. Is she just kind of performing it I straight think she's up? She's just performing it. She's yeah. just going for it. Because I don't even remember. Did Celine Dion? Did she do anything special for the Titanic? I can't even remember. But it's like I feel like it's like a Leon stage with all these people dressed in like their St. Petersburg outfits, just like dancing. <laughs> I think it was just mm-hmm. her. Um, so I see. I see Journey to the Past for best original song. But I was trying to find the. Uh, oh, and. I guess, yeah, yeah, it was best score. So best original musical or comedy score. <laughs> Who did the score? It wasn't them, right? No, the score is David Newman. Oh, he's great. And David Newman also did the score for The Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> and Good. Good for him. <laughs> but yeah, he was it's, prob- just, it's and just her on stage. Oh, her the Brave Little Toaster and DuckTales, the movie Treasure of the Lost Life. I get to keep bringing it yes. up. Um, he it also, all comes back together. I saw David Newman 
We saw David Newman, didn't we? You when? were at the John Williams thing. Or oh, was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he? Yeah, he was the. Wait, was I at a John Williams thing with you? Wait, were you there? I went with Annalise to see John Williams. Yeah, oh, you were there for the Peter and the Wolf. Yeah. So, okay. But I went with Annalise um, to see John Williams at the Hollywood Bowl last year. And. Uh, cool. And David Newman was like one of the 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 uh, conductors w- along with John Williams. Like he was doing some of it. Like he was kind of hosting it. And uh, and it was, I don't know, it was neat. It was neat to see him. He, apparently his dad, Alfred Newman, was the one who composed the... Alfred E. Newman? Uh, yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> I, but his, his, I think his, his dad's... I think his dad's name is he Alfred. He was notoriously uh, not full of worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Alfred Newman wrote the Fox fanfare. Oh, bump. And apparently, David, this is actually from the commentary. Gary Goldman mentioned how they they either did it for this movie or for Titan AE when they redid the Fox fanfare. It was reorchestrated by David Newman, his son. Oh, And it was recorded in the same Fox Studios where they didn't change the walls so that it would have the same recording like it would have the same studio quality that's cool um yeah so i mean it's it's uh oh he also no he did he also do rover dangerfield (gasps) what or no i'm yeah he did that's so funny uh so anyway we talked about like (laughs) connected i think i brought that up on rover now that now Mm -hmm. i think about it but but yeah i think it's a, a wonderful score future decks again Uh, Sorry, I know I keep interrupting, but this one's cool. Uh, I didn't realize this at the time, but Alfred Newman, David Newman's dad, who we were just talking about, uh, Alfred Newman was the composer for the 1956 live-action Anastasia film. (laughs) Although that one was more about, uh, more or less inspired by Anna Anderson than it was what this story is, but I I just thought that was neat. Oh, can I, I have one thing to bring up about the music. Yeah, Um, please. I can't remember what song it was in, but I wrote down they rhyme Stroganoff with Romanoff. Oh, oh in, uh, in You Can Learn to Do It. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I never cared for Stroganoff. She said that like a Romanoff. <laughs> I like I a that. lot of the, the lyrical playing with yeah. Russian sounds in that song specifically was really yeah, fun. Yeah, the lyricism in and, that song, too, is mm-hmm. genius. And they said that because... Um, um, Frazier, what's his name? Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> they, they said that Kelsey Grammer, um, who... You can call him Frazier. The, the, yeah, he won't mind. Yeah. He won't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mind. I'll mind. But also, we could prefer his flair. actor and performances to his personal politics. Flair. Oh, yeah. Which are rather the worst. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe we, I should have mentioned that. No. <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't believe we told him that. No, but, you know uh, that? Do you know? He was actually. You know that Shirley Temple was a Republican. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so we're going. Yeah, Kelsey on. Grammer was actually pro czar. <laughs> Ooh, I have Flaherty. a crazy story about Steven the czarists. Wait, oh. no, no. Y'all tell that later. But. Okay, hold on. No, because I want to. I want to stay on this for a moment. Uh, but but Stephen and Lynn commented on in I think one of the making ofs, but like how they gave him essentially one of the hardest pieces to sing in the movie that they considered that particular song. Mm-hmm to be one of the musically like most difficult mm-hmm. ones. And so for them, it was a surprise that he could, that he could actually like 
carry everything with the, that kind of resonance. Now, elbows in and sit up straight. I never slurped the stroganoff. I never cared for stroganoff. She said that like a Romanoff. The samovar. The caviar. Dessert and then good night. Not until you get this right. If I can if learn to do it, you can learn to do it. Pull yourself together and you'll pull through it. Tell yourself it's easy and it's true. You can learn to do it too. And also... The uh, singing voice of Dimitri. Oh, who is it? Whose name I have right here, who I kept forgetting. <laughs> and I'm Jim Cusack. Jim Cusack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. It's John Which, Cusack with a mustache yeah, on. Yeah. He didn't want to tell him he could sing. Yeah. He's like, hire my brother Jim. Yeah. He <laughs> runs us, back out. Separately. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he shuffles for yeah. a moment and comes. <laughs> Sorry. But John, no, it's Jonathan Dokuchik. <laughs> Do- Jonathan Dokuchitz. It's Jonathan Cusack. It's D O K U C H I T Z. I I like I was trying to remember uh, I guess he started in the Who's Tommy. Um but anyway, I, I want to cover like the voices we haven't covered here because we we talked about all of these folks but we didn't really talk much about John Cusack as he does, great, he does an amazing job. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Um, I'm not familiar with John Cusack beyond High Fidelity. Say oh, anything, really? right? Wasn't he in Say Anything? Yeah, he didn't say, say anything. anything. And let us not forget was one of my being... most rewatched John Malkovich films. I'm not John Malkovich. Being John, John Cus- Malkovich. Well, well, definitely being John Malkovich. <laughs> he's in John. He's been being John Malkovich. Sorry, that was a, <laughs> a slip of the Malkovich. Malkovich. <laughs> Malkovich. 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 A slip of the Malkovich. A, s- oh my God. a oh. little Freudian Malkovich, <laughs> who's also in Anastasia. Uh, but anyway, John I was gonna say no, no Freudian Malkovich. Oh, Freud- mm-hmm. Doctor Freud shows up in oh, Paris. You know, we did talk about John Malkovich. 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 <laughs> Wait, what was he? Fourteen oh eight. No, no, no. no. <laughs> what what film was he like going to be in? And then he or he said it was like the worst thing ever. He said it's like this is why cinema is like so bad. What what was and the then movie? That movie turned oh, out to be we're back. We're back. He was going to oh. be the villain, and we're back. John Malkovich, and he was like, "This is what's wrong with the world." Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. <laughs> and he resented so it forever yeah. that they like recast him. Anyway, uh, Malkovich aside. Mm-hmm. Sorry, did you? Did oh, you? Oh, but it's serendipity ah uh, yes in which john cusack and kate beckinsale fall in love in new york around christmas and it's magical and it involves fate and it's beautiful Wait, is that the movie <laughs> called the movie's called serendipity? the movie's called serendipity okay. because they get a coffee at the place serendipity 2 in manhattan and they it's a story in which they like have like a fall in love evening and then split off for a decade and they say if fate will bring them back together it will and like they like leave their numbers on like this like dollar bill and like they don't end up seeing I won't ruin it for is, you, but it, it involves good, like fate. Is it as good as you've got mail? Uh, it's similar. Uh-huh. It's similar. It's almost, it's almost like it. serendipity and you've got mail are like movies that I've watched with my so, grandma quite a bit. <laughs> so, so I just want to like comment on this for, I want to comment on this briefly. Every single time I've been over at Sarah's where we're watching the movies, every time I have popped open the Blu-ray player to put in one of the movies to watch, the disc that is always sitting inside the Blu-ray before I put something else in is You've Got Mail. Yeah. That is, that is the movie. Look, I watch it when I need a I need some comfort. It's like a some really reminder, comforting yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. It's not even like I like romantic movies, but it's just like... 
I don't know. It's like a different time, you know, where mm, it's like it's AOL. Yeah, it just felt the world felt a little, you know, mm, it's, a little it's more New innocent pre nine eleven. But New it York. is. Yeah, yeah. Totally. But speaking yeah. of Meg Ryan, um, her and John Cusack, I think apparently what they tried to do initially was record Meg Ryan on her own, and eventually they're like, no, 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 we need them together and you can tell that they're together yeah. in the recording like it it plays so well like them talking to each other it feels like real conversations and it has that rom-com-ish mm-hmm. quality about it where you believe the progression of that relationship over yeah. the course of the movie yeah there so. are some like relationships in these animated films where i'm like eh, i don't know about that this one i buy mm. i and i like it i like you know He's he's not an evil character. He's not an unlikable character. No, he's and just, he has he's an arc. No. You know? yeah, and he's selfish and he's out for himself to yeah. a degree. But at the same time, we know because when he was a young boy that... And do we not have that confirmed until the Duchess says it? I, or the, the Dowager Empress? He, he says it to her, you right? Mean, wait, do you mean confirm? Oh, that he's yeah, the, that he that he's the little, little boy, boy in the beginning. I guess well was well, hmm. it because she when when she asks Anastasia like how did you escape and she tells the story well, that's and then Dimitri first clue knows is, like that's, that that's oh, true that moment gives me chills yeah, yeah. And and there's yeah. there's a couple clues throughout too because because in a way you could assume you're not sure it's Anastasia I mean you believe it is but well, like she has the necklace because so she has I, the necklace know. but like. There's also like hints. Music box. There's yeah. the moment in You Can Do It where it, I always remember the line in You Can Do It where she sa- says, and I remember his yellow cat. His yellow, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I recall his yellow cat. And I don't believe we told her that. Yeah. Yeah, that's where you're, you're like, like oh, damn, it really is Anastasia. <laughs> yeah. It is her. Yeah. And then the wall and then, and then yeah, the music box and all that she stuff. She says, there was a boy. And then Dimitri looks and is like, oh, my God. Yeah. Really that's hurt. a great that right that which that's, but that's that's interesting because it who means that it? he yeah who did right we'll because he didn't tell like he's been trying to um find an anastasia impersonator but at mm. the same time he never tells them that piece of information that only he would know yeah. that would prove that it was her yeah. so is he then are we to believe well, that he's leaving that out so if they so, so he can actually no, find i think her? what he does he kind of like goes he makes a face to me that looks like, oh, I forgot to tell her this this thing. Or and like, I never thought I would need to tell someone this oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like... And then when she says the right answer... And then he's his, like, oh, she knows it. Like, I, yeah. that, that's always, I always took is that he, is he, he seems to like make a thing like, oh, that's something I could have said. Hmm. It, like, he but, thinks that it's about to be the jig is up. Yeah. How did you escape during the siege of the palace? There was a boy, a boy who worked in the palace. He opened a wall. I'm sorry, <laughs> that's crazy. Walls opening. Screenplay, by the way, uh, screenplay by Susan Gothier, Bruce Graham, Bob Sudiker, and Noni White. And I read somewhere okay. that at some point, Carrie Fisher did a pass on a scene. What? What? Of like the of where she's leaving the orphanage, but I guess it didn't 
stay in or it's like uncredited. Weird, right? That is really weird. <laughs> but and an uncredited credited rewrite for Carrie Fisher on just that one moment. On where just she that the one. Orphanage. I, it was weird. well, like the right production. up to Journey from the Past, where she asks for a sign and then Puka the dog comes out. He's like, "Well, great, there it is." <laughs> it, it it has yeah. It says here, actress Carrie Fisher also made uncredited rewrites of the film, particularly the scene where which Anya. Anya leaves the orphanage for Paris. Whoa. By the way, Anya, her name being Anya is like what throws me in trying to say Anastasia mm-hmm. because I always am trying to like, those two names just kind of mix in my mind, but that's why I have trouble saying Anastasia. Instead Anya. Of Ana- and is it Anastasia or is it Anastasia? Like how are you? I think it's Anastasia. Anastasia. I think, I, yeah, I think but it's Anna, all American. It's Anastasia. Yeah, I think the... Um, all right, when I think Anya, I just think uh, Anya Christina Emanuela Jenkins from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> oh, I have a really, I have a funny tangent about Anya, which is that in some of these um, special features, at the end it said www.anya.com as what? one of the websites for it. So I was like, I wonder what happens if you go there. And so I went to Anya.com and it goes to this girl who apparently Fox no longer owns Anya.com and it goes to this girl's site that apparently was updated something like seven years ago in 2013 and it was like uh, it's this Russian girl who uh, was kind of like promoting some of her new singing career wow like but what was weird was that in her bio it said she was from St. Petersburg whoa I know I mean that's probably a really common name because it's a common name but I still thought it was like wait Wait, yeah. is this like an elaborate viral marketing? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, but they no, it said she that, was. You know? So Dax, are you telling me that it's not Anyanka, the vengeance demon of Arashmahar? <laughs> Somebody at work told me that they were scared of bunnies and it like made me think of Anya, Anya. and her bunny fear. Yeah. <laughs> but, but That's yeah, a different podcast are... for that. Sunday yeah. Study Group. We <laughs> quit after four seasons. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll be back soon. Might pick it up at any time. Yeah. Uh, Chris's other uh, other hiatus, shall we say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on pause. It's the curse of Buffy season four that Omar, Omar and I ran into in that as well. Is like, and my um, my ex, my college uh, girlfriend uh, when we watched Buffy and got to season four was when we broke up. So you know. What? Oh no! Wow. It's the curse oh. of season four. The curse oh of God. Buffy season four. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the um, random thought too about Ana- uh, Anastasia and Aaliyah. <laughs> See, you is, did it too just now. Yeah, <laughs> Anastasia and Aaliyah is that they're both names that have a a sound uh-huh. at the beginning and end, uh-huh. and they both died tragically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. How did Aaliyah like, died in a crash. plane crash? It was like a Buddy Holly, Big Bopper type, mm-hmm. small plane crash complications. From yeah, she was only like twenty two or something. Which also, like, Buddy Holly was only, like, 22 or something, I think. Or yeah. He was very young. young. When yeah. they, put the up music a, died. they put up a, a quick kind of in memoriam at the end of the music video bonus mm-hmm. feature on here. Because I think the features were done after she had died. Yeah, because so. she died in, like, 2002 or something. And these features are from, like, 2005-ish. Yeah, the ish, Blu-ray yeah. reappropriates yeah. a lot of the DVD stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, what a shame. I know. She, yeah. she seemed very sweet, too. Like, it's just, yeah. like... In, in what's on here, she was clearly excited yeah. to be doing this. And um, and she has a lovely singing voice. She, she does As far as like pop versions of the hit songs from musicals going at the end credits. Yeah, the credits roll version. Yeah. As far as that version of a song goes, it's a very well done yeah, version. Yeah, I like it. Heart don't fail me now. Courage don't desert 
Also, just because I'm thinking of it on the CD, it not only has that, but it also has um, Talia's Spanish version of Journey to the Past, which is Viaje Tiempo Atrás. Oh, wow. Neat. And it was, it's like her own version of it. It's not like they swapped out the vocals. It's like she did her own. That's cool. So that's a bonus track at the end of the soundtrack. Other pop versions or, because weren't there other ones in the credits? It has at the beginning, which is solely a pop song. By, by Richard Marks and Donna Lewis, right? Like, that's not in the movie anywhere. It's just at the credits hmm. at, at the beginning. And then Journey to the Past by Aaliyah. And then Once Upon a December by Deanna Carter, which I thought was a good version. Okay, yeah. Too. I was wondering. I was like, wow, they really went for it with the covers of Journey to the Past. But what about Once Upon a December? <laughs> yeah. So the, her her version of Once Upon a December is really, really, in, or, yeah. it's really nice. I liked all the credits versions. Yeah. Dancing bears, painted wings, things I almost remember, and a song someone sings once upon a December. I'll say one more thought about yeah. music. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. It really is such a solid musical and such a solid movie musical. And as we were talking about, it's like it it sits amongst the Disney's in integrity of its being a cartoon musical. And, you know, her want song, Journey to the Past and, and Once Upon a December are perhaps as playable on their own as any of the uh, major princess songs if not better than many of them Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think that once upon a december for me sits in just such this eerie haunting way it really fits into the plot with the music box and the moment where they recall each other and that's like the proving Mm -hmm. moment with the dowager empress it's like it makes me cry it It made me cry when i watched it this time it's i say it's the musical heart Mm -hmm. of the film it's the through line of everything and it it and it it's like it it is constructed almost like this old. It feels kind of like a Russian sort of older totally. melody that, yeah. that uh, one would maybe know, like like oh, like this old folk tune almost. But mm-hmm. it, yeah, especially the whole scene where she's in, yeah, like where that song comes up when she's in the palace. And if actually in the commentary they pointed out how the lighting. Um, as she's as she's kind of seeing all the ghosts of the palace that have been once the haunted mansion happens, <laughs> yeah, once the haunted mansion starts happening, um, it it the light slowly is getting brighter and bright, mm-hmm. and that actually apparently was because it was digital 
they had a lot of control over consistency with backgrounds and controlling mm-hmm. lighting. So it's like also when there's the sunset on the, the ship during the waltz, yeah. it's gradually getting darker throughout that whole scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, like the lighting is getting brighter. And as the memory is coming back to her, everything is becoming more vibrant. Um, and it, it's the way that the artistry of that scene is done. Also, like there's a lot of Cinderella sparkles on her dress yeah. as it's forming yeah. around her. At the end, too, on their crowns, there's like I don't know how they did that, but the crowns have this there's weird so much of sparkling thing. and shining yeah. and all the jewelry. But but yeah, like that that whole scene is um, is very moving and just her dancing with her father too. Mm. Yeah, and then when it fades back and it's like, yeah. <laughs> It just takes you to such oh, a dark place. And it's like when and when you hear Dimitri go like, hey, that one shot, it takes like a few frames, but just the way that like all the people in the background vanish, the background goes dark, her dress disappears off of her. It happens in like a beat, but it's it's such a cool transition of seeing like of snapping her mm-hmm. back from this memory that she's sitting in. Across my memory. So that scene's really haunting. I agree, yeah. and that that song just stands out as yeah. a wonderful through line to the whole thing. Yeah, and and haunting is a key word there in the mm-hmm. sense that it's like you know, uh, I wonder if it, okay. So the podcast that I looked up b- to listen to um, is called Our Fake History, mm. and the episode was called Will the Real Anastasia Please Stand Up? <laughs> so go check out Our Fake History. Um, this is my first experience of this podcast, and I think it's just so funny because it's like. You know, as I was driving back from San Diego to uh, come back to L.A. and come over here, I was like, became curious about the the historical accuracy. And this, you know, I'm sure there are many resources about this, but this was the discussion that seemed most clear that I discovered in my Apple podcast searching of the word Anastasia. Mm -hmm. Um, It really just is such a grim thing. It was, you know, the the Romanovs had, my understanding, had run... Russia for about 300 years. Yep. And that was something that gets kind of mentioned in the movie. And when they were killed, they were like transported. They were basically on lockdown for a while. And then like the decision came from the Bolsheviks just to like execute them. And it was like, there was like this story that um, one of the, the Romanov daughters due to like them being so freaked out by what was going on, had started to lose her hair. So in like solidarity with her, the others cut their hair as well. And it added to this like grim moment. And then the, they were all this, I don't know if this is like, this is like a true crime comment for a moment, but a different soldier was assigned to each of the Romanovs to ensure that they wasted the least uh, ammunition and that each person was responsible to confirm that 
each Romanov was killed. Wow. So I think that with that being the undertone of this story, that once upon a December and it's haunting quality, like there's just such an eeriness to it. It kind of reminds me of like, besides how disappointing Game of Thrones was in the end, (laughs) the song, The Reigns of Castamere, which is this sort of haunting song about this kingdom that like basically flexed at the Lannisters and the Lannisters wiped them out of history. And it's this song about, you know, that the Lannisters sing about the Lord of Castamere and how he's now this like, you know, it's it's just this idea of like the people think that they're so powerful, but ultimately people are just people, and yeah. brutality reaches all. You know, not to get. I don't mean to go so bleak with all this because yeah. I know that we're trying to have a fun conversation about <laughs> cartoons. I, I mean, but, the, the subject matter is bleak, and uh, it's it's interesting to me the way this is different from the reality of what happened. Well, I and, think we all want. You know, it's like you want this to be true. You want someone to have survived mm-hmm. and be, you know, you know, like because until they confirmed that she had died, you, you know, this was a story that I didn't like look into a whole bunch, but it would yeah. show up in the news and I'd be like, yeah, I hope that she did make it out and she just is out there, is out there and she can be reunited. Mm-hmm. And, you know. yeah. and the ages would be different, right? Like she would have been like 28 not 18 or something like she, that. They, they changed yeah, it around they her, a little something bit. Something like that. It's, some, it's something different. Like she was older than in the movie when yeah, she died. Yeah, I think right. so. I can't, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then the uh, what this podcast put forth is that the idea is that the reason that Anastasia is the most famous of uh, and is the one that was rumored to have been the surviving Romanov was that she had an impersonator that was called Anne Anderson, and that Anne Anderson, who eventually moved to America, was one of the most well-known, one of the most well-known of these like impersonators that came mm. forward and said that they were Romanovs. I think if you do research, I'm sure there's like a ton of these mm-hmm. people that said that they were ro- surviving Romanovs. And because she was a famous impersonator, that's why the legend of Anastasia kind of took the most, um, took the most attention as to like why it's not like Olga or one of the other. Uh, Romanov children that there's this myth around. Mm. Anyway, anyway, but anyway, uh, but anyway, oh, Bartok yeah. song and Bartok the Magnificent. <laughs> wow. um, there's one thing but, we didn't really mention too much, but the CG in this movie is not bad. Oh yeah, but not great. Well, you know what they did? They actually yeah. did a lot of uh, painted texture mapping. Mm-hmm. So they they actually were like. Painting backgrounds essentially to use for walls and plates and things like that. So it would still have a hand-painted feel. Like it wouldn't just be clean-looking CGI that didn't fit. Sometimes I notice it. Like there's a few times where I was like, yeah, that I can I can tell. Or those clouds are well, early CG. Yeah, looking. sometimes I, I did notice it and I was like, yeah, it's fine. It didn't stand out as much as in like Thumbelina where I thought it was just bad. But like... Yeah, I was like, I notice it, but it's fine. I notice it when I watch Beauty and the Beast. I yeah. notice it. And that it's scene totally where fine. they're dancing yeah. in the hall. But there's one shot where I actually, like, I think I gasped because it was so bad. It's uh, just the camera move. It's like an overhead thing and the camera oh, when she walks moves into the palace. and she walks in and it oh, was like yeah, yeah. so jarring. It was very clear. But yeah. I mean, the, you know, at the time, I'm sure it, it should have just been a slower. Fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or not a pan at all. Like, just have it. I don't know. I mean, they probably were getting carried away. Like, you got to. Yeah. This is the first film where they were doing all of this stuff. Where it wasn't also th- this is not cells anymore. They they stopped they stopped doing like xerography to sell to, mm-hmm. to painting cells. So this was now completely being colored digitally. Mm. 
And I think the one of the, one on one of the artists in the bonus features said uh, that you could do like ten cells in a day. Doing it digitally, you could do like ten drawings in an hour. You could mm. color. Wow. So the speed at which they could then do coloring for it was dramatically increased. And also the shadows are everywhere. There's yeah. a lot more lighting going on. And it's clear like that they were able to accomplish a lot more because of the digital change. And so I think they were also probably just excited of like, hey, we can have yeah. this 3D camera moving around. The look of this is uh, is great. Well, and it looks super expensive because it kind of was. Budget was $50 million. And yeah, it says for a fi- from a $50 million budget, Anastasia grossed over $139 million worldwide, making it the most profitable film from Bluth and Fox Animation Studios to date. Of wow. which the only other movies were Titan A.E. and Bartok. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there were other moments in the movie. I, I thought it was like fun because you did gasp or like we did react kind of viscerally to parts of this film. Like at the end of um, Journey to the Past, like like just that whole song is just like, wow, this is so the whole thing is yeah. well the whole thing is just like, beautiful looking mm-hmm. like even the first five minutes i was blown away i was like yeah this is and you were saying it's like the best uh <laughs> those first five minutes are better than like all oh, of troll and Central all of Park. Troll and <laughs> yeah i mean sorry sorry troll um but i i, I just think it, it's it was so it's such a lovely return to form i I don't care that it's the most quote unquote Disney Don Bluth movie in a, in a way. I actually kind of don't even feel like it is to some degree. I mean, Fox was trying to compete with Disney. Yeah. But so other than the fact that it's a musical, I think that the way that the people move was so beyond what Disney was like attempting to yeah. do. And yeah. the fact that they referenced live action for everything. Oh, and also Gary Goldman went to Russia for a week and shot stills oh, yeah. and right. like film yeah. with a team of Russian photographers. Yeah, he was like in like a helicopter going around. Yeah, and, yeah, just so that they would have fully accurate like reference for for the background artists and everything. It's like they went so overboard to make this a really gorgeous looking movie. And I do think it stands out. They clearly had a lot of money to, to mm-hmm. pour into this and, yeah. and make uh, something that stands the test of time. Yeah, it is truly spectacular and it, it i think it for me it sits like far and beyond any of his other works mm-hmm. and even though i think that his other works are special and wonderful in their own right and you guys have them very fresh and specific in your mind because of the podcast but would you say that it's like this one feels like it's the most complete in its vision. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think Nim does too, but this one definitely like is like what all of it it's like the 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 machine uh like fully functioning. All the yeah. parts are working, like everyone did their job, everyone made it the way that they needed to for it to work. Yeah, it wasn't like them fighting against studio or what, mm-hmm. or like Steven Spielberg. It's like this is fully like this is. I feel like this is Don Bluth, Gary Goldman, fully realizing their potential of what they yeah. want. And they were know? director and producers mm. of this, so they like this is also feels like the most of a synthesis of them working together. Yeah. Did um, they do all? Was Gary Goldman on all of the Bluth movies? Yes. Yeah. He's okay. been, either as a producer or as a co-director. John okay. Pomeroy wasn't, I believe. John was... Pomeroy was off at Disney uh, working on Pocahontas, oh. and then Fantasia 2000. He worked on the Firebird Suite, mm. but like, yeah, he at the time he 
after like after Pebble. Pebble yeah. But he would come back to work on a. F- he worked on like the Dragon's Lair game, mm-hmm. 3D game later with Don Bluth and stuff, and he's worked on the movie. I think hmm. the pitch presentation. Anyway, but but yeah, like it just even even the stuff in here. Like I think you mentioned that um, Paris holds the key to your heart. Even that being kind of like one of the maybe more forgettable songs. Yeah. I think is like a. A lovely song yeah. still and mm-hmm. is fun and even the weaker parts of this movie yeah. it's still sang by broadway tony winner i think she's a tony winner um <laughs> i'm just guessing because she's bernadette peters mm, uh probably, my guess yeah. would be that she has many um and that it's like it's bernadette peters it's like this thing is loaded with broadway megastars and what i like about sophie as well is it's like she and bernadette peters are it's such a different character. It's great to get to see Bernadette Peters be this animated character because I can't even really think of another film that she is an animated voice in. Welcome, my friends, to party. Here, have a flower on me. Forget where you're from. You're in France, children. Come. I'll show you that French joie de vie. Daddy holds the key to your heart. And all our Paris plays a part. And her song is great. It's a great song. And it is the most, because it's evil because it's just such a charm song that doesn't necessarily do anything but fill out the romance. Right. Well, and also, like, it is a change of location. And uh, throughout that song, it, it, they actually show a bunch of different figures. They show Freud. They show Charles Lindbergh hmm. on the plane. They show Josephine Baker. Uh, and you see Monet painting. And that's when they go into the Monet painting and all the backgrounds shift oh, yeah. to an Impressionist yeah. style. Incredible. Which is like a lovely so detail. Pretty. That's so cool. And then... And this is an ice cream truck. And then, um, yeah, there's Isadora Duncan. There's Rodan sculpting the thinker while Dimitri is sitting there thinking. Um <laughs> Gertrude Stein, like yeah, so it's like they tried That's to put brilliant. In all these figures and and from France, from That's Paris. That's so brilliant. Paris a key to l'amour. When not even Freud knows the cure. There's love in the air. That's it for The French have it down to an art. And there's also a scene in there when, uh, where like Dimitri holds up the glass that I really love, where he's looking at Anastasia dancing, and he it shows the glass and it shows her through the glass, and you see like the way they're so journey warped, through the glass, journey through the glass where she's warped, and like you see the reflections, and then it it shows back, just like it shows him holding the glass, and you see Anastasia dancing with everyone else reflected in the glass that Dimitri's looking at really like live action kind of ideas being done really well in animation. And they were not afraid to film this like it was a full movie, not just Mm -hmm. a cartoon, but like embrace a lot of sweeping camera moves or like things that animation typically doesn't try to do. Mm -hmm. So my hat's off to the visuals. I think it, it looks fabulous in pretty much every way. Um, other than some dated CGI, it, it's and some wonky character model moments here and there, but it's really just 
Yeah. Even even the more cartoony things for me, because Vlad's kind of a cartoony mm-hmm. character. Puka the dog. Yeah, and Puka. <laughs> we didn't even talk about that. He's kind of there. To... <laughs> oh, he's apparently supposed to be like a guardian angel to Anastasia, is how Don Bluth thought okay. of it. Yeah, like, he's the sign. He looks very Bluthy. He's a very Bluthy yeah, and it, and it puppy. Pops mm-hmm. out of nowhere, and it just is her friend and guide mm-hmm. through her journey mm-hmm. to the past. Yeah. Also, so, the um, I feel like there's a little bit of. I'd be curious what you what you guys think about this. There's the Rasputin's bugs minions, and then there's the like the green mist demons. Oh, and maybe yeah. they feel a little. I don't know. Maybe just because they're green mist, it's fine. They can be whatever. But like, there's a little bit. I don't know. Something stands out to me about the yeah, fact that those the gremlins, are. Yeah. I. I yeah, I don't know. It, it again, that just falls into the whole Rasputin element of the supernatural being this other thing that's happening, and it's mm-hmm. it kind of works and it kind of doesn't. The at best the same moment time. being the ship. I think that's the coolest use. Yeah, is that he seeps into her dreams and entirely yeah. lures her out to sea, and it's a heroic moment of Dimitri when he sees her on the crow's nest, and then he rope swings down right. to save her. <laughs> and apparently, they referenced actual ph- photographs. Of the Romanovs, I think, for like, because that's her family that yeah. she's seeing in their dream. Mm-hmm. So they actually looked at real photographs. Oh, and also, a lot of the photos that are on the wall in Paris, yeah. like, are actually historical images. Wow. And the one drawing that she has with her grandma is actually a drawing by Anastasia. Really? Whoa. That she had done when she was eight, I think. Whoa. It's, it's like a self-portrait watercolor, some painting drawing that she had done because she was actually apparently very like creative. Skilled. Yeah. And so they scanned that and, and ended up putting it as the actual drawing that she's holding in the movie, wow. which is like such a fun... That's genius. Like that's really a thing that the real Anastasia made. Well, it's also really like kind of haunting too. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the all that stuff goes a long way towards like painting a complete vision. But yeah, I do agree that like the bats are the bats. The the green gremlins are are kind of an odd thing, and that I mean, whole ending. The green gremlins. It's the uh, yeah. The the ending. First drafts of Spider-Man villains. <laughs> <laughs> the confrontation with Rasputin at the end is. It almost feels like a thing that's tacked on because the conflict has been her and Dimitri yeah. and kind of their under like it's a little it, it stands out a bit. Well, and it's nice it it's nice that she saves him or that she kind of is the one that stops the situation. She's the one that breaks the reliquary. Yeah. She's the one that kills Rasputin finally. Yeah, she's like, this is for my this is for my old gaffer. <laughs> 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 um, this, sorry. Uh, this, no, no, no. She goes through her thing and it's like, this is for... She does her Arya Stark list. This is for, this is for ruining my wedding. I don't know. Um, oh, it's just like 10 things I hate about you. Yeah. Where she's like, yeah, she, this is for my sister. This, this is sorry, her. I'm going to bring this up This is for like, my papa O'Malley. I don't know. Yeah. That's not from anything. I'm, I'm just, just going to bring up all my favorite 90s movies. RMs, 2000s? Anyway. This is for Dimitri. Give it back. This is for my family. And this, this is for you, Das Vidania.
a metal death, by the way, that Rasputin has, yeah. where he like his skin melts off and he disintegrates <laughs> his bones disintegrate. Oh, and they kind of, and they kind of like jangle for a bit. Right. That's <laughs> why I have skeleton written in my notes with like <laughs> it like shakes in he like shakes a kind of a silly like, way. Well, and at the beginning too, when he like gives away his soul and all of his like flesh is torn from him and the skeleton <laughs> grabs the the item and it, it's like this is. I mean that's a well animated skeleton. Like it's just like it. It's not often you get to do that. It's crazy detailed. Um, but yeah, like as for as weird as the supernatural thing might be, it does at least coalesce into that ending of like, yeah, fuck this guy. And, <laughs> and it's our gateway. And it's it it was the right choice. It's it's what made this such a classic to us as kids. If it was missing, it would feel weird. Mm-hmm. I think so. And Bartok's yeah. relief. It's like if we watched a movie and it was about. A Bolshevik general hunting Anastasia to murder her, yeah. we would be sad. With and no bat, I mean. <laughs> with no bat. With no bat. Uh, there's a great line that Bartok has where he says, Blame the bat, we're easy targets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Blame, Blame the, the bat. bat. What the heck, we're easy targets. Made me think of coronavirus. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Future Dax here, one last time. Um, we recorded this episode just before the coronavirus pandemic became. Uh, a worldwide problem <laughs> for everybody, um, but I'm I'm leaving the joke in because it, it it still makes me laugh. Darn it! But and also the movie ends on Bartok with like the 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 lady bat that comes out oh, of nowhere. Yeah. The yeah, Rouge the yeah, bat. That was a, sort of weird. Like everyone has to have their like love story. <laughs> it, I it's there's uh, never a moment where Bartok's like I'm lonely. I wish I had a girlfriend. Like, <laughs> but he still. Gets one. Yeah. He still gets and one. She's pink. In the end, she's a pink, a pink lady bat, and he's a white bat. Are white bats a thing? He's an albino. He's just an albino yeah, bat. Maybe he's an albino. I think that's a albino a bat. Yeah. I think that's a Russian specific, like territory. I think is that's it really a, okay? Um, it does make, you're like, I'm just kind of it makes him that. unique. But, Russian uh, albino bat. I'm and I leave her a yeah and a hi yeah and then I kick her sir. Kick her sir. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're right. So there Wait, look, <laughs> look at this. Yep, there's a bar top. Oh, right. in, in in the bonus feature, there oh, is it? like a moment where you can see a character, some character preliminary character drawings for Bartok, and apparently they like they contemplated making him more like bat-like in the way he'd walk, but like fidget and um, great mouse. Some yeah, well, it's like because uh, a bat's wings are actually it's like its fingers yeah. that are webbed. It's a hand, and it has like no. a thumb that protrudes and yeah it's basically a um pterosaur pretty much i mean they're but, different I mean, if it's a mammal but. but if you look at bartok he does actually have little hands at the ends of his oh of it's his funny because i looked up so. russian white bat and like bartok, and bartok does bartok come up. Comes but up. this bat is a honduran white bat so it's like maybe oh, he's man. just traveled a long way because yeah. like this looks exactly like it, it has <laughs> yeah. a little pig nose mm-hmm. it's yep. so cute i'm gonna tell bart that's him that's not him Oh, and Bartok the Magnificent. The Magnificent. Oh. But anyway, <laughs> That's a baseball bat. <laughs> I feel like we've talked quite a long time yeah. about yes, have. everything in, in Anastasia. This is an epic film. What full kind of, of bat is Bartok? Bartok is an albino bat. <laughs> Great. <laughs> anyway. No, yes. Not any clearer. In the history of humankind, as yeah. Google has defined it, the um, most famous of the albino bats <laughs> was Bartok the Magnificent. Anastasia, sir, just wishing I could do the job for you, sir. I'd give her a ha! Then a hi-yah, and then a woo and I dick her, sir. But yeah, 
We, bef- bef- oh, go ahead. No, I was going to point those out. Before, yeah. before the thing we, that we alluded to like three hours ago. <laughs> before we sign off, mm-hmm. uh, we have some cards sitting on the table. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which are from? Stephen Ray Morris, former guest. Um, Do we know where he got them? Oh, I want to say like some, I can't remember because it was so long ago that he gave these to us. It was some secondhand store in some other place. He was somewhere else. He had been traveling. I don't remember to where. Anyway, this is a great story. He brought these back for us and we have trading cards. I'm going to try to... Oh, oh! You were holding. Oh, yeah. We don't need the sound of me open, do we? That's the most satisfying part. <laughs> do we need the ASMR. Do we need stairs? the ASMR? ASRM. ASRM. And the A stands for Anastasia. Oh, you guys. Anastasia Stephen Ramos. I'm trying to like open the pack without destroying it. Oh yeah. So I can keep the art sleeves that are. Yeah. So he got it's they're packs of trading cards. By the way, we never said. Um but made by upper deck a couple of them are anastasia ones and there's also five goes west and fern gully which we did our non-bluths on well five goes west it is a non-bluth but so, yeah a special dimitri card. we got dimitri on the back uh he's like looking suave we'll, we'll take some photos yeah yeah, yeah and sleepwalking anastasia on the nice, boat nice. uh I'm, i love how i'm on chris's mic now um i guess there's like a back image too that you Ooh, can it's like probably a puzzle probably Oh. Yeah, they used to do this with with some of these older cards, and then um, wait, is is Dimitri doing? Dimitri's doing the shocker. Oh, he is. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird bone. He's doing metal. There's one of him on the train when the thing is blowing up, which is a scene we didn't talk about. Uh, there's one with Vlad, Vlad and Anastasia, where she has the stick on her head. And the birds and the the the, the very um, Snow White esque kind mm-hmm. of scene where all the critters are following her, mm-hmm. and then some, one of the Saint Petersburg. Okay, some of the dancers in the opening sequence. Okay, there's one. Yeah, uh, and there we've got another Anastasia one here. Ooh, yeah. And this pack has a has on the cover is none other than Ra Ra Rasputin, <laughs> lover of the Russian queen. <laughs> Did we? Was that off mic? Did we? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That we mentioned that song. Yeah, let me look up. Rasputin, Russia's greatest love machine by Bonnie M. Mm. Look it up. You'll be glad you did. I've almost got it. Here we go. Um, okay. And then we have, uh, yeah, so it's, okay, here's one of the Empress and Anastasia being uh, reverent. Mm. Or rev- what? lost in reverie, maybe. And then we have one of, of Dimitri on the train. Did we decide these are like puzzles, some it of them? Is, yeah. Uh. Oh, Dimitri train stuff. We got Bartok <laughs> looking at the newspaper saying the princess is found. Oh, so there's oh, the royal party plan. That's a cute one. And then Ooh, great Rasputin. Rasputin. And uh, yeah, these have like images on the front and back. Yeah. Oh, and then one of uh, Dimitri and Anastasia doing the waltz. Oh, that's a cute one. It is a cute one. Um, so one, yeah. two, three. Those are the Anastasia cards. 
Should we open the the other ones or save them? Save those, maybe. Okay, we'll we'll save, save them. them. We'll yeah. save them. So then you get to have another fun thing to look forward yeah. to. Yeah. Keep this one the Anastasia theme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe in your final episode, you do the five one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. We'll, 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 you guys, did you guys already do a Fern Gully? We yes, did. we did. Yeah, we did Fern Gully and Five Old. But, but, but did you do Fern Gully too? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, we did not. <laughs> did we? Did we do an American Tale three? <laughs> <laughs> so Five goes we didn't east. have the pack of cards <laughs> back <laughs> then. He just goes back. He's <laughs> like, "This was a horrible mistake." <laughs> On this journey. Oh, and and uh, Doc Brown. Goes back to the future. He does. Whoa. He makes he a journey, journey to, well, also to the past. The Whoa. first one, they go to the past. Yeah, they goes, do a journey to the well, past. Well, actually, if we uh. want to be technical, Doc Brown doesn't do, well, he, I guess he does by the end of the first oh, movie. But yeah. Doc Brown himself is not the one making the journey to the right. past. It is Michael J. Fox. Michael the third J. Fox. One. And Fox is the, is the name of the, the Fox one animation one studio. Eventually <gasps> they do. It all connects. It's, it's all connected. Yeah. Uh, so let's wrap this up. Yeah. Chris. I'm so glad that we had you on for this episode because this was, I think, the first one that we had. I, I definitely was like when we were plotting out, I was like, okay, Chris is going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I've been looking like forward to this for some time. So thank you for being and here. And I was man. excited because it was like Rockadoodle. I was obviously very excited for it as well. I think that was the first thing I messaged you guys about yeah, in terms yeah. of what I wanted to dibs on. But upon my revisitation, it was like, while I do love Rockadoodle and the moments I love about it, you watch back Rockadoodle and you're kind of like, oh, this is not as compelling as I felt it was as a child. Mm. Whereas Anastasia, I still cry every time I watch it. Yeah. And so that was, it really is a wonderful thing. I'm yeah. glad uh, to come back for it. If someone said that this was their favorite Bluth movie, I, I completely would see why. Yeah. It's, it's really uh, quite remarkable. We are eventually, we are going to rank them and yes. on one of our last episodes, yes, reveal our ranking. You've been actually keeping track I have not, so I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea. I've got a ranking going, and but this I, one's pretty high up Yeah, now. this one's going to be high up. I don't know where for me, but um, we will find that out in a future episode. Yay. Um, Chris, and, where... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, where can people follow you, find you? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, all hello. that stuff. I'm Chris Bramante. You can, if you're interested in that, uh, you can find me on the internet as a Montioc, A-M-O-N-T-I-O-C-K. Uh, you can check out Robot Teammate, my musical improv group. Uh, you can check out Thank You for Questing, a podcast I do with some friends. Um, and what else? A bunch of stuff. I have videos on the web, music yeah. being made. Um, and yeah, anything that's coming up, you can typically a band with Dax that will be in, uh, out in the wide <laughs> world in the future. We've. We're still we're we're trucking along. We're trucking along. We're getting there. We're getting it's official there. Official now. It's been mentioned on the podcast. We it's <laughs> it's we've had a, a couple rocky yeah happenings but on the way, but it's it's yeah. getting there. Yeah. And uh yeah, well cool, dude. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh Sarah, where can people find you? Um Instagram Sarah Iyer. You can find all my cat pictures. Uh Twitter, don't follow me there. It's just me being angry. Um, and <laughs> uh, listen to my other podcast, The Purrcast. You know, be like cats or whatever. What, where, what about you? I'm, <laughs> so I'm, Dak, like, I'm at Dak Schaefer on everything. Don't follow me on Twitter because I never tweet. Um, <laughs> That's a better reason to not follow someone on Twitter than my reason. <laughs> but, I tweet a lot. Don't don't follow me though. <laughs> um, but you can follow me on the Instagrams. I'm trying to start posting art again. So. 
Um, that's, that's the only one that really matters. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so just a reminder, because we mentioned at the top just of the a episode, reminder, we have a number that you can call if you want to give us your Dombluth story. That's the wow, jingle. That was great. I'll remember it every time. <laughs> was that a <laughs> missing Anastasia song? That? <laughs> exactly that way. Can you sing, um, once upon a December, but change it to like. Once you call our voicemail, or I don't know. Call the number <laughs> that we list. Tell the thoughts you remember. Three two three three eight zero eight one zero three. Once upon a December. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so that number. Um. And you can follow, you can email us. We'll also read emails on this episode if you're not into voicemails. The whole bluth at gmail.com. On this episode? No, on on this at this episode where we're ha- we're gonna have the voicemails. Oh, on that one. I on, thought you meant yeah. like I was like, oh, that's news to me <laughs> right now. On this episode, sorry. Uh so the whole bluth at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at nothing but the bluth. You can like us on Facebook. We post some fun stuff. You'll get to see photos of these trading cards and I don't know what else, whatever we decide. Um, and I think, I think that's it. That's it. Uh, so thank you for listening. This was a lot of fun. This was an episode we wanted to do for a really long time. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, uh, so what would be a good uh, final thing to say here? It's the, uh, this has been a great journey to, to the, the blue. I mean, no. No. What? I th- wow. I'll tell you what. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, gee. Wow. Uh, you know, <laughs> this has been a great podcast. So I, uh, Oi. This can only end in tears. All right. Bye, everybody. Let this be your sign. Let this road be mine. Let it lead me to my past and bring me home at Yeah, the Bolsheviks who slaughtered the Romanov family, <laughs> including Anastasia. <laughs> Why am I laughing? Oh, God. Because it's insane that that's the basis. Basically, <laughs> yeah. like a Manson murder level of experience yeah. is the basis for this like animated film.